This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. I'm just uh, ready to talk about some things that suck, like <laughs> Team USA basketball, um, some stuff that was great, like the NBA Finals, a couple of you know, funny things I noticed uh, throughout the week, and we just got a lot uh, to cover here, so just ready to do it, man. So with you. Uh, not much, man. Like, it feels like this week was almost like a month with all the stuff that happened, like... Um, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like, uh, all right. So let's since we're since we're talking about sports, let's just let's just get to sports, right? So, uh, the NBA Finals ended uh, the day after the last show we did. The Milwaukee Bucks won in six. They lost the first two games and won in uh, the next four. I think that's pretty much what happened to them two years ago with the Raptors in uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, Giannis. He he had an all time great finals run, an all time great uh, postseason campaign. Um, he's twenty six years old. He closed out the finals with a fifty with a fifty point game, and I think it was like eleven or fourteen rebounds. Doesn't matter, fifty points. He was unstoppable. Uh, there were times where he was the only person who seemed like he was could do anything, and um, you know, a, a lot of people have questioned whether or not he had that in him if everything's weren't optimal for him. And he basically put his head down and said, no, I'm keeping my team afloat. We are winning this, and we are go- we are not going to a Game 7. We're in this shit now. And I thought that it was a special performance for somebody that I thought, um, I think we both thought, we both liked and thought for a while, like, if he can just reach one more level, we're talking about, you know, somebody that you can never forget as long as you're um, alive from the perspective of historical um, thing is supposed to be in a generational talent. I think he's all time ta- talent now. I think he's one of the um, 25 greatest basketball players already, um, given what his last four years have been. Um, and like at this age, like I, unless injury happens, I think the next five years, he's going to be this good and you're going to have to deal with it. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on it? Games five and six were some of the most entertaining basketball games that I've ever watched. Um, going like that, I'll take it back to game five before I get to game six. Like that last play where 
Drew Holiday has been clamping, you know, pretty much the whole game and going nuts himself. Um, and he, you know, broke out his his own variant of the the Jason Kidd hands. Um, <laughs> and when he steals that ball, like there there's actually two sequences. There's one where he like rips Devin Booker and hits a three, and then there's the one where he rips Devin Booker at the end, runs up, and then Giannis flies in from outer space um, to throw down the alley oop, like the the NBA street oop essentially. Mm-hmm. And he, um, you know contorts his body out the way because Chris Paul's two hand is shoving him and he lands safely. I'm like, I jump off the couch. I'm like, I can't believe I saw this. This was like, I was like, this is why I like basketball. It's like the, 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 the defense steps up, make a great play run down. You see some absolutely crazy athletic shit. Um, like I mentioned to you off the air, I was like, I love like, you know, the way the warriors played the last, like, you know, years like the Warriors dynasty is like the best basketball we're probably ever going to watch right um you know all the shooting the the ball movement the different looks on offense the uh, spacing like I'm like that's great but that that feels like optimized like you know you just can't do that shit but like I mean, you can't do this either, right? <laughs> what Giannis is doing, but it's mm-hmm. just like it's so much like it's so more much more raw and visceral the way he gets it done. Yeah, um, and I just loved it. And then in the game six, he just like decided we're not losing. Like we are not putting on suits. We're not getting on no planes. Nothing. The 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 buck stops here. Like it's over. Like. I'm going like you have no big man. You have no no one that can stand in front of me. I'm going to do what I want uh, to quote Lil Uzi Vert. And he was just like, I was just like, damn, like he's 26. You know, he had some injury luck go his way on this time. But, you know, a lot of people do. Um, And I was happy because I thought Giannis did it the right way. Like I praised him for resigning with the Bucks, sticking with his team that drafted him and the organization like made a questionable move with the Drew Holiday thing. Like we were like, yo, that's a lot of draft picks for Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday worked out pretty much better than you could imagine. And Chris Middleton was awesome throughout the finals as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him stepping up, hitting, you know, different big shots um, at different times. But I was very happy for, for Giannis. And it just felt like, yes, that young man deserves that. He deserves all this love. Like uh, hearing his his story and how far he came, uh, you know, talking about, you know, uh, from Greece and, you know, from Nigeria here. And then like uh, how poor he was. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was listening to Levitard. The story uh, sounds like some Sammy social Dominican Republic shit. Like how you hear about like Dominican players, how like they started playing baseball with, with with a glove being a milk carton, a used yeah. milk carton, like hear the story about like, him and his brother were sharing ten, uh, shoes to play, like that's yeah. crazy. Like he was like not eating and showing up to practice and not telling anybody that he hadn't eaten or whatever. Um, and there's a book coming out about him uh, next month. I'm planning to get it. Uh, that pretty much details his entire struggle. They were talking about uh, when he first got to the league. He hadn't been used to having money before, so he wanted, like, his money in cash. Like, it was a while before he, you know, had direct deposit. and He didn't quite, like, 
get the concept. Like there was a, a staffer that was hanging out at his house and Giannis uh, pretty much always having to know what he has at all times because you're trying to budget that shit essentially, uh, whether it's food or money or anything. There was a staffer that ate three Oreos um, from his kitchen or whatever. The next day, Giannis goes to the practice and goes up to the staffer and is like, yo, why'd you eat my three Oreos? And like this man, by this point, I don't know if he's a multimillionaire yet, but it's just like the mentality for him hasn't changed. But, like, but at the same time, he's also like, <sighs> but his situation like, is he's taking care of his family. He's, like he's sending money back. He's been sending money yeah. back the whole time, the whole he's time. That whole time, and he was setting up his house for to move his family here, and they weren't sure if they were going to be able to move here because the Greek government isn't like the U.S. where they guarantee citizenship to people that are born there. So they were waiting to get the word they could move to America with him, and the whole time, all his game checks are going to basically set up for for the family to move over. And yep. you know, I couldn't be happier for him, and uh, he embodies everything I like about the game. Yeah. Um, and me, me and some of the friends, uh, and some of our friends in like some of these group chats have gone at it because like, I think people have gotten too lost of what his game is and the stuff he can't do as opposed to the part where it's like, that shit don't matter if he's kicking your ass and he's balling. Like, I remember, um, I remember 2015 finals when, uh, uh, LeBron ended up getting up 2-1, they ended up losing in six or whatever, and like LeBron didn't shoot well in that series, but he, his like, numbers were just ridiculous. Like 35 and 12 and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember Julian, our homeboy Julian, that ended up playing at Eastern, Eastern Kentucky. Um, he was saying like his game just, he doesn't have a go, he doesn't have a bag of go-to moves, like in and out, dribble between the legs, you know, step back, cross, cross, tween and all that shit. And I'm just like, that shit don't matter like that. Like, I understand what you're saying, Julian, and I, I, I see what you're saying to, to an extent, but when you have that, when you can be peeled off the dribble, you ain't got to do all that, right? Um, different. And, I, and obviously with, like, LeBron, LeBron's game is different from Giannis, where Giannis is, like, he's realized what his, like, his true ceiling is as a basketball player, and that's always been, in, or I, I think I realized this last year, like, last play playoffs, it's like, <laughs> he needs to be a he needs to be a screener. He needs to be a ball screener. Someone needs to ball, uh, and he needed a point guard. It's like it's cool that we made him a point guard when JSK gave him the ball uh, four or five years or five six years ago, and he started going nuts. And that's when we first start noticing. I was like, bro, Jason Kidd has unleashed something with, with him being a point guard. But it was only going to take him so far with his limited range as a shooter. And like, if he never gets fifteen foot range, oh well. Like he's a fifth, he's the fifth or sixth best basketball player in the world doing this. Like, everybody, like, and, and on any given day, like how competitive he is and how hard he plays, like he's going to always be able to give you work because he's working and operating around the rim. Like he was right. doing the stuff like in the 2011 finals. We're like, LeBron, go to the fucking rim. Like, there's no hesitation with Giannis. There's like, I know what I have to do. I'm, I'm. I'm built for this. I'm sh- I'm throwing uh, DeAndre Aiden off of me. Like I've lifted these weights. I've put in the work. Like they're like I didn't care. Like I, I saw someone say something like um, he basically came into the league with Kevin Durant's frame. While Kevin Durant mastered you know the jump shooting and uh, you know everything else, mm-hmm. Giannis went the other way. He was like 
I want to master the weights. Like, and we, he, he didn't even know how to lift weights when he came into the league. I, I, and I think that was also born out of necessity, right? Like, it's easy. I don't want to say, okay, Look, you only get tapped. And three square meals, too, probably for right, the first time. Right. Like, you only get, we talk about it often with uh, when it comes to uh, football players or whatever else that are, like, under-recruiting and all of a sudden, like, how come they end up going from being some two-star recruit to being a first-round draft pick? And most times it's stuff like this person was in a situation where they weren't eating um, a consistent, uh, uh, consistent meal or they were too big to begin with and they had to lose weight or uh, <laughs> or a situation where this person didn't go to camps at, at this range. That's, like, it's how, that's how people get missed on, right? But uh, for the most part. but Or people have these random growth spurts where like, oh, yeah, this person gained 50 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing with, with Giannis is like, that weight program was like, look, man, it'd be cool. It'd be great if you could do the Durant stuff, but like you only get tapped. Whoever, who, the creator only <laughs> taps you on the head with certain attributes. And no matter how long you in the gym. And I don't doubt that Giannis is in the gym looking at the weight he's looking at what he's his body transformation over these years and how much better he's gotten year after year after year. Like there's only a ceiling on what you can do. Maybe Giannis never becomes a three point shooter. Oh fucking well. 30, <laughs> 40, 20, 30. 50. Well, I just mean like, like worst case scenario from him, you were getting 30 and 11 worst case scenario and five assists worst case scenario every single game. And it don't matter if it looks good. It don't matter if it looks bad. You know that that dude, he's going to get you numbers and he's a consistent performer in that way. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it looks. It's like, I know that's the reason why we, um, we were getting, or I was getting like annoyed with, uh, some of the guys in thread, not the, in the in our homeboy thread, not the social suplex thread. I think they all appreciate Giannis for for whatever he is, right? But mm-hmm. like the talk of the bag and doing all this stuff, and like compare the juxtaposition of him being on the court with Durant for seven games is like, well, why can't he do this? Like, bro, there's only one of them. <laughs> like Kevin Durant is the first unicorn, right? Like the seven foot dude or close seven, damn near seven foot dude that can ha- has all-star guard skills and can, has 30 foot range. If they, if they made more than two of those, we need to, we need to, we need to check for aliens. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think like, so he went the other route. Like I could, he couldn't handle, he was already destined. He was going to be great regardless of his body transformation. He was already, but once he started pulling the weight, it became another thing and he's gotten better. He became bigger defensive uh, force. And like he had the ball in his hands and he was just the last four years, he was incredible. And like the one thing that we were thinking about, like when he got uh, bounced in my, against Miami before he even he ended up getting hurt in that series, but they were still were, they were still like, they were going to lose him. He got health. Uh, he had health luck that year was like, he needs a point guard like Drew Bledsoe and DiVincenzo. They weren't gonna get the job done, and then they end up doing this. End up getting um, Ble- uh, not Bledsoe. End up getting Drew Holiday, and like Drew's not a perfect point guard, but he's a lot better than whatever he's had. And that just that n- enough was enough was some inj- a little bit of injury luck in this. They have a title now, and I'm happy for him because like when he signed that extension, I remember last summer I, I, I was flat out wrong about it because they ended up winning, but it was like, bro, he signed this extension. And this might, I think this is it. Like, he's going to be in, like, KG in, in five years where we're, like, all-time great player, never won uh, with the team because he was too loyal and ultimately being a d- downfall. And hopefully he can, you know, at the end of this this final big contract, he can go somewhere while he still has some knees on him, um, some tread on, the t- on his tires, 
and you know go somewhere with a ring and i think milwaukee be hat will be okay with that you know it's like like the Ray Bork, Kevin Garnett situation we, we talk about with athletes where it's like, you gave us your prime. We couldn't get done for you as a fan base. We, we want you to win it somewhere else. We'll be happy for you. But luckily it, it hey. worked out in his favor. Hey, and I'm happy for it because I, yep. I really thought, I really felt bad for dude. Cause I was like, I like watching the play. I love the things he does on the court. And I don't think that like this franchise, especially after they botched that Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, thing and off says, like, Oh my God, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. So I'm happy this word it has worked out for him. I really am. Look, and he not on the we are the world shit. He's trying to kick your ass. Like bring that back, <laughs> bring that back. I you know it should been too pretty in here. You know, but um, I you know, uh, from transitioning from the Bucks, um, Team USA basketball. God damn it. Um. So disappointing. So just, I watched this game Sunday morning. Who did they play? France. Behind. France. Mm-hmm. Yes, France. Who's beaten us twice in a row now? Um, Greg Popovich is like eleven and six as a coach for the USA. Huge. Right. Um, I'm watching this game, and all I'm seeing is like, wow, like. There's such a stark difference in how these guys play in the NBA and how they play internationally and on both fronts. Like all the the the, the France guys, they're, they're locked in. Uh, Evan Fournier going fucking nuts. Uh, you know, turning to Reggie Miller out here. Uh, our guys looking like they're freezing up. You know, not really wanting to to assert themselves. But even with that. Throughout the first half, we go into the half with like an eight-point lead. All of a sudden, the adjustment is made. Team USA, the Achilles heel for us this year is size. Is also point guard playmaking. But the um, thing that really did us in with the size was when French decided to put their two seven-footers on the floor. And they were like, we're just going to go big. And then we could, like, our access paint was cut off. The outside shots, like, when we collapsed in the fourth quarter, flat out. Like, this wasn't a case of, like, oh, these dudes got lucky. And this was, like, um, some Carlos Arroyo, like, people playing out their mind shit. Like, this was, like, all right. Like, I was watching the game and I was um, I was talking to Catherine. It was, like, the third quarter. It was, like, 62 to 60 and France was winning. But I was, like... I was like, oh, I feel confident the USA is going to win. And I didn't say that from, like, a place of arrogance. I was like, well, what's happening isn't, like, like, like no one was going crazy for France, like, at that point. Uh-huh. It was just, like, we were kind of going through the motions, but I thought they would figure it out. Like, we were controlling the game. And then we weren't. And then there were, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then there were broken plays. And then the um, – it, it's, just, it's just all fucked up. Like, we have the most talent. We have – 10 all-stars on the team and we are losing out here uh we've got iran that game is at 12 40 tonight starts three hours from now as we're, we're recording this mm-hmm. we should blast I- iran however hey, hey, hey you can't you can't just say that this <laughs> blast them on the basketball court yes okay um okay. But then we got the Czech Republic on Saturday, and the Czech Republic just beat Canada, who has a bunch of NBA players, to to qualify for the Olympics. So 
Um, nothing's guaranteed for Team Team USA. They have to win these next two games to make it to the knockout round. But that loss was incredibly disappointing. It's making me look at Greg Popovich like you're really not the coach that needs to be, um, you know, leading this international team going forward. Uh, every 16 years since 1972, the fourth cycle has always been a problem for hmm. us. Uh, and I, you know, I wonder why. And then I start thinking about it, and it's like. The way that the eras have just broken, kind of, is we end up losing, and then we're like, fuck that. And then we send over the best we got. And then we send over a little bit less, like, the next time. But it's, you know, still really good. And then the third time, it's like, well, we couldn't really get everybody, but we still, you know, got it. You know, this is your uh, 2000. This is your 2016. Uh, if you line up like so, so do it like this. The the redeem team in 08 right. in 1992. Right. Yeah. And then 2004 is uh, 1988. Right. Yeah. Going forward. So then 2008, we're like. We got to send Kobe. We got to send LeBron, Wade, uh, Dwight, Bosh, yeah. Jason Kidd, uh, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul, Darren Williams. Darren yeah. Williams. Yeah. All right. And then they're eating fucking hamburgers and blowing teams out by 50, yep. like in gas stations and yep. shit. Yep. So, it, so that's our, you know, 92 or whatever. And then 96 is like, you know, your dream team too, which are Shaq, Hakeem, uh, yeah. Miller, Barkley, shit like that. And that's your uh, 2012. A little bit older guys, Kobe, older at that point. Has has Durant, has Westbrook and Harden come off the bench? Right. Yeah. Two thousand is two thousand sixteen. It's like, huh? I don't. You know, they've got young stars. They've got people that have kind of proved themselves. They've got dudes that need to win something to f- to feel like winners, like like Demarcus Cousins and yeah. your your Alonzo Mourning. You know, kind of you know similar <laughs> stuff there. And then it all fucking comes crashing down in two thousand four, yeah. in which which it seems like we're on the the path to doing right now. Yeah, like it's like, all coming down. Greg Popovich was on the staff in two thousand. Like if you think about 2004, right, and you're like, okay, if you go back to 2004, no Shaq, no Kobe, no Paul Pierce, no Kevin Garnett, the only, the only like no McGrady, no no, no T Mac, the only true and who who had played in 2000, the only true stars that we really had at that point in time were Iverson and Duncan, and then everybody else was like rookie 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 Wade, rookie LeBron. And Marbury uh, went nuts. He scored like thirty-one of them games. But it's like in a regular situation, he's never—he's not even playing. Like Jason Kidd would be on the fucking team. You know what I'm saying? In, in 2004. Uh, so and now, now we're we're, now, we're Kevin Durant, Dame Lillard. Yep. Like yep, that, those right. are your so those no are LeBron, your Duncan and Iverson. No LeBron. Right. No LeBron. No Steph. No Kawhi because he tore his ACL, which we talked about how he was like how that was on the tuck for. <laughs> sure yeah. enough. Sure enough. Why? Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, no Anthony Davis, like and you just look at like the first team All NBA and second team All NBA, and like only people there is Lillard and, and Durant. Yep, and then you start looking internationally, like Luca's going fucking nuts. He scores like the the second most or third most points ever in the Olympics. He dropped forty eight the other day uh, in the middle of the night. Oh, by the way, the fucking presentation for this shit is absolutely trash. I understand really? the the um. The, the time difference and shit like that. But like, but that's no excuse because we've had the yeah. time difference before in 2008. 
Right. Like, like the I only, mean, because like, they, they've tucked this shit away on NBC Sports. It's on tape delay. Right. Um, like, really bad. They're, like, scheduling these things on the Peacock app. Like, uh, the U.S. women beat Nigeria today, right? It was uh-huh. all over Twitter. They don't show that game till, until tomorrow at 6 a.m. on what? the app. It's like, why would you do this? Uh, and you can't like, even play it on demand? Uh, you can play it on demand, okay. right? But it's like, why do we have to wait so long? Like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, why, why can't I just open the app and click what I want to watch live? Like, what's going on? That's that's absolutely true. Um, well, I don't know why they're treating it like they're stardom, <laughs> like stardom. Yeah, for shit. yeah like they, they, they they this shit shit they're, they're not broadcasting. The, I, and I know the Olympics isn't necessarily for the basket basketball fan. Like it's for your gymnastics, your human interest type shit, right? But, 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 that, but that, that doesn't it, matter. It doesn't they've matter. Thrown it off if, on here like this shit doesn't matter. And no, no, no. But apparently that, no, it no. doesn't. But here's the thing: even if that is the case. If I can get a app in every single year updated and yearly watch any fucking NCAA tournament game I want to that's also running on CBS, uh, TNT, TBS, uh, and all the affiliates, why in the fuck can I do that for Peacock for the Olympics when they have 40 things going on in any given day in the Olympics that involve the Olympics. Like, bro, I couldn't watch that Luca game if what, I wanted to. What are you, what are you, <laughs> exactly, what are you paying all of this money to the Olympics every every four years for, or every two years for, you want to call, include the Winter Olympics, right, and the Summer Olympics? Why are you spending all this money to then not be able to sell this shit as ad space for people? What? And also, they're being super Live selfish with the clips. Like, anyone that puts up a clip anywhere, that shit's getting yanked down by the IOC. Like, they're, like, in charge of the the whole distribution so it's like you're not really gonna see espn covering it it's hard as hell to get a box score that's always been the case that's always been the case like it's hard as hell to get a box score on anything like it's just like it's miserable watching this shit and we're losing like so it's like what the fuck is going on man like i like we've got a bunch of iso players uh they're trying to make them play like the spurs it ain't working the game like like our nba players don't play like that anymore like the game is different like that's true that's true but i mean either way like somebody got to rise the fuck up yeah somebody got to rise the fuck up like i I, i'm sorry like zach levine uh chris middleton uh getting off the plane drew holiday was awesome in this in that first game Mm. like he was like the best player on the court durant just looked like his shot wasn't going in, so he said, fuck it. He fouled out. Like, <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, he fouled out. Uh, Dame time apparently doesn't work. Uh, didn't come through customs. Um, it's only specific. It's only Pacific yeah. time? Yes. Only in the Pacific time zone. Um, we got JaVel McGee on the team. Like, exactly. I, I would have I never thought JaVel McGee would be an Olympian, but whatever he didn't uh, think he was ever gonna be no fucking yeah. olympian he was like, so happy what? when he got the call like bro they called that man he woke up at like 6 a.m was like yeah i'll be there like he flew his ass out to vegas or whatever to get there to go it's just um, wild, bro yeah but they better not fucking lose like or it's only gonna get worse like i'm only gonna <laughs> rip them even harder like it's like like I, i'm i might have to pull out a rant like, I, I might I, have to i might have to expose these boys I remember what was it like a week ago when um, there were people that left, so they had to add Injavel McGee and who that guy from the Keldon Spurs. Johnson. Yeah, and I was like, and I remember David Dennis was like, 
hey, uh, it's crazy the kind of career that Javel had because this man's about to, you know, now from where he was on those, uh, on those, you know, Gilbert Arenas shoot, you know, gun dueling <laughs> team. Yeah, on them Gilbert Arenas gun dueling teams, he's now all of a sudden gonna be a two time, cha- two or three time champion and a in a bronze medalist. And I was like, you think? And I remember I replied to it. I was like, you think we win in bronze? <laughs> what? What? And this was like, but this was before they lost to France. I was like, bro, I don't think we're gonna win. I don't think we're meddling. I think yeah. we're. Go- I think it's gonna be the first t- uh, USA bas- men's basketball team to not medal in the Olympics. Man. And Kevin Durant, you gonna have to wear this. Ooh, don't look, don't lose, don't lose. You the best player over there. Like, we, it's funny. They say all these other teams. Oh, they got NBA players now. Oh, we do too, motherfucker. Like, all, we, of all, all of them. them. <laughs> all of them. All all stars. Damn near. Like, 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 what what is happening here? Like, yeah. Like I'm sorry, y'all y'all be out here going hard in the Drew League and all these these <laughs> workout tapes with, with with these fucking trainers that are crooks. Like y'all y'all be in there talking about y'all got to work on y'all game and no double teaming this shit and and all this other stuff. Like, but y'all show up out here looking like you don't give a fuck. And I don't want to say they don't give a fuck because they took that long ass flight over there. So why would you do that? And you're not getting paid. However, like. If you're gonna go Where's over there, the you energy? may as well win the damn thing. Right. You, yeah. you took the you took the long flight. Why why are you showing up like you sleepwalking? What's going on here? Like right. And I understand like I can understand if it was um you know, people like Booker or Drew or um Like Drew played or, great or, or, or Middleton. <laughs> but obviously that's my point. I understand if it's like anybody that was in the finals, anybody that was a conference finalist that came over and like they weren't doing that well because it's like, all right, you had the bubble. You may have had a long run in the bubble. It had the short return, come back to the league and play this this completely condensed schedule, and then play basically a month and a half of playoff basketball. So you just absolutely zapped from the last two years is what happened to you, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not the case for, for almost all these people. Like, what about Lillard, it, Dame? You're, yeah. you're always crying about some Dame. Like, like Lillard got his ass bounced out up out of there. Um, Durant, I mean, Durant was exhausted after game uh, seven, but he I got mean, a lot more help now. <laughs> I thought I yeah. thought Kevin Durant played great with great players. I I don't know, like what's happening. I don't know, man. I ain't watching the game, so I ain't got no answers. I just I. But this is the thing. I think I, the reason I'm not watching because I knew I was like, nah, man. Once they lost that one game, I was like, nope, mm-mm. this ain't it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Um, yeah, I, I advocate throwing rocks at them. It, it, they come out back here without gold. Throw rocks at them. <laughs> at all of them. The coach too. Oh man, so embarrassing uh, us like this. See, I'm not with you because there's other people that want to throw rocks at them at the NBA players, and they want to throw them at them for a different reason. So Look, I don't, don't want to be in the that's, same. That's the team. only thing. Like I, I hope not to fall on the same side of those people that want to see the USA lose. So you know how I'm so hard on them, but it just happens to overlap, and I end up on the wrong side. Like I'm not. I'm trying to avoid that. Bro, right? they were already doing that on Newsmax. Unbelievable. There was a, there was a dude that's out there saying that he's 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 rooting against against uh, them because uh, of their wokeness, and I was like. Bro, you were you were never rooting for them to begin with, and that's and that's and that's the thing. We've always known this. We've been talking yes. about this since 2004 about uh, with Team USA. Like 
Th- that's they, part of why I, I root for Team when USA they, so Exactly. Hard. When they win, they're supposed to win. I get no joy out of it. Blah, 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 blah. But when they lose, how dare they? These ungrateful, lazy, not unpatriotic motherfuckers. Uh, motherfuckers is normally another word, but they, but they you know. So... I just want to also say the answer is not sending a team of college kids, you fucking bozos. Oh like, <laughs> people on Twitter suggesting that shit. Like, shut your dumb ass up. Like, so you, okay, so you think that, you think, okay, so our, I don't say our best, our C team loses, so we're going to send over some kids? Don't make sense. To play, to play gr- professional grown men? Can't do it. Won't do it. Talking about it'll at least be fun. Fun for who? And it, it ain't fun to get, it ain't fun to get to get whooped. Like they would get whooped by thirty. Yeah, Angola Angola would do will get revenge. <laughs> Angola will get revenge. Don't do that. Don't do like, that. Like like like, what do you think the Gasol brothers would do to oh, them? Man? Look, Mark, Mark Gasol, uh, re- refreshed internationally. Uh, Pau Gasol is on the team, forty one years old. Nah, check refreshed. this out. Let's do this right. Not Louis even that, Scola, right? Refresh. Let, let's just go back in time. Let's just go back in time, right? 2008 gold medal game. Team USA. Rudy Fernandez. Or, sorry, uh, Team Spain. Rudy Fernandez. Still Marco Rubio. Team. Mark Gasol. Uh, Serge Bach was on the 2012 team. He wasn't on the 18, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Right. No, he was not on the Okay. The Gasol brothers versus Ty- versus Tyler Hansbro. Okay. How's, how? <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Fucking idiots! Like, you know we gonna say Draymond Green and you know as as a, as a twenty two year old and, oh and, and Hansbro and, and and Blake Griffin. Fucking, It'll be Blake, yeah. Start starting backcourt. Blake Griffin, and Tyler Hansbro, uh, or whatever. Nah, man. We would get our Kev, do- Kevin Love, oh fat my Kevin Love. God, we would get destroyed. Darren Collison, Darren Collison, bro. And and then you got to think about it because like the people that are around the age then like. Your James Harden's or Steph Curry, like it wasn't known. They weren't the Steph- James Harden or the Steph Curry yet. Harden I mean, Steph was like Harden doesn't make the team. Steph makes the team because of the Davidson run, maybe. Right, and, and then you the gotta hope he, you gotta hope he he catches fire. Actually, out here. It, at that point, it was only just the one Davidson run, so I can't even say the two. It was just one. So he would have got know. on the team to be a sharpshooter. He'd been on the. They had him on the bench. So, so we can call all Americans <laughs> like 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 Brandon Rush. You know, yeah. Darrell Arthur, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe Derrick may- Rose. I was about to say maybe Derrick Rose plays. Maybe, maybe Derrick Rose. Rose. But then it's like, okay, so you gonna start Derrick Rose in like who? Uh, and, he, and he can't shoot. Like, right, right in the international game. All right, good luck. We would come out here like bro. Joe Dorsey, y'all coming off the bench. Unbelievable! Hashim, no, Hashim is not Americanized, is he? He's, he's not nationalized as American. I'm not. I'm not familiar with uh okay. with his with his background. Okay. Uh, uh what's your boy from Pittsburgh? No ACLs uh, played for Spurs. Yes, Dewan Blair would have yeah. been starting center. Yep, Dewan Blair. What would Paul Gasol have done to him? <laughs> Whatever he wanted. Whatever yeah. he wanted. Yeah. Oh man! All right, enough uh, Olympic talk, um, y'all. If y'all want to hear more, oh well, I'll have it for you. Uh, in the next coming, you know, show we will have, you know, we'll know if we we if we win, you know, uh, if we do well enough in group play. But 
the story of the week, pretty much, um, CM Punk and Brian Danielson look like the the wind is blowing and pointing both of these guys towards AEW. Read all this stuff all week. Twitter's just been pretty amazing. I've seen a an account uh, start up by a friend of mine, like on Twitter, I believe his name. I'm not going to drop his name because I want to keep some anonymity for him. But uh, there was an account that was started. It was called Bad at Bad Brian Takes, and you can pretty much find trash from whatever wrestling spectrum you uh frequent or whatever so it's not you know you can start an account pretty much based off anything but the stuff that he's finding is fucking hilarious like that are these people that have flipped up on daniel bryan and turned on him it is just amazing uh to me but cm punk uh being back there's like a lot of smoke to that fire rather than the brian danielson one but you know they said that he wasn't going to be in the 2k game they said is um uh action figure stuff is not on deck for the next year so those are like some signs that you can look for like how alistair black when he signed that sponsorship deal with that kickboxing company it's like oh you can't do that in wwe he's out of here uh with the cm punk one uh he's posting the bulls theme song like the the serious alan parsons joint on his on his um ig thing uh, uh they, they've uh apparently uh the sec recruiting uh, uh watch has leaked into AEW. people have been tracking tony khan's private plane they've been shooting vignettes in the united center there's been a copyright trademark taken out called the first dance um so i i've received some information from a patreon from jeremy that he subscribed to uh that was breaking that down in more detail with, you know, the first dance and the United center and stuff like that. And the only thing that I can come to a conclusion is, Oh, they are like, since WWE runs the all state arena, they don't ever run United center. Right. AEW is going to run United center. And that's where they're going to bring out CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, have they already started selling tickets to all or not all out, but like, um, Trying to think. Have they started selling tickets all out already? All out tickets are sold out. They're trying to fill in the Wednesday and Friday before then. But those okay. tickets are doing pretty well, too. Okay. And then there's an announcement on well, Wednesday of, of some event, some big event Tony Khan's talking about. Okay. So this could be that first dance thing later, like maybe uh, that uh, Thanksgiving show or something okay. like that. Well, the reason why I was asking is because it's like, People have talked about this for a while now when it comes to them doing Chicago, is that they have such a demand for these Chicago shows, they need to do a bigger arena. Obviously, Allstate seems like it be a problem, so you have, obviously, the other the United, one. You, have United, you have the United Center, obviously. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, I can't think of, like, if CM Punk comes out with that, that Bulls music, like, the roof is blowing off the building, like, in a way that I, I can't really, you know, compare anything to um, pretty excited if that's the case. Um, CM Punk coming back. I, you know, he's been out of the ring a long time. He's probably, yeah, I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but he did get into better shape during his MMA career. That's true. Um, he's obviously a master of the microphone. I'm sure that'll be really easy to assimilate him into. Uh, should he, you know, everything that is preference here or prefaced here is with the caveat he actually signs and goes to AEW, right? So yeah, yeah. um 
there's dream matches everywhere. It doesn't make sense for him to me to go back to WWE because he said a lot of stuff. And if he's getting booked, I feel like he's going to be getting there. There's going to be some revenge gotten uh, on CM Punk. Should he show back up? Oh yeah. I I say, take your ass to, to AEW. And I I heard someone break it down. Like, um, like think it might've been a flagship. It was like the, the, the fan, the thing that CM Punk tapped into was like, the the same side of like what created AEW like yeah. the it's last you guys are idiots and you guys don't and you guys actually hate your fan or you guys actually resent your own fans yeah and, and it's like AEW is not complete until CM Punk arrives essentially like mm, and with, I won't go if, that far but I see what I see what they mean yeah like with like a Punk and a brand like we like AEW has been on like this signing spree of talent this year especially like from WWE. Should Punk and Brian come in, I think that's where you shut the door and be like, "All right, this is the these are the guys for for the moment." Like, like we like we've reached the limit. Like we've got you know all these other guys. You think that's true with Rampage coming around? Uh, because like, yeah, because like they they've still got their their young class of their own guys too, and yeah. You know, but you know uh, they like, the, but they don't. Take. But they don't like the. They do. I think they do a pretty good job for national weekly episode of television of keeping people out the ring from doing too much. Mm-hmm. So, like, like I like, think they. I think they. I mean, I have to look at it as far as like people that I think well, actually people will care about tuning in for and not having some you know some something kill off the ratings when you put people out there. But like, they might need a, you know even you know. I see what you mean, but like I'd have to I'd have to look at it to see like okay, so in order for them to kind of keep you know cycling people the kind of way they at the rate they do with another hour because rampage is an hour, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if uh, they have I, I wonder if like they have enough people to do it the way they already do it, or if they would like exp- I want to say overexpose, but I think like you know like have people on at a bigger rate. Like I think maybe maybe they might need a couple more people. I don't know, like. Name people besides after Punk and um, right and Brian, but I'm not sure. Yeah, not man. Certain. Like, so I, I I really hope both of these things happen for obvious reasons. Like, if Dan Brian like actually leaves that place that hates him, um, but that's the thing with WWE, right? We said like they they will fuck Punk, and I'm like probably because they fuck the people they like too. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, bro, you, we can agree they like Roman Reigns, right? Look what yeah. they did, Roman Reigns. <laughs> right, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, everybody gets screwed over with him, so or not screwed over, but like, just just embarrassed and made like a play the piss at, at times. So, like, you know, if Floyd that, had if a it, great, yeah, F- Floyd had a great um thought on it. He was saying like, you know, treat it like sports. Like, you can never quote unquote have too much talent. Or whatever, right? Yeah, there's no such thing as too much as too many pass rushes. Not no such thing as too much pitching. Right. So like you you can you can look at it that way. Like uh, I you know everything with AEW always comes through the lens of what happened for someone else and didn't work. Right. Whether it's hey they're signing too many guys that used to work in WWE down to trivial shit like hey there's too many fucking factions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I. 
I trust them to to make smart moves like these, you know, I, I'm seeing like the the Mark Henry stuff pay off. Like they're establishing a bigger footprint in like different communities they're doing with like Boys and Girls Club charity stuff. They're doing that in every city. They have like a team of like five wrestlers um, with that. Uh, Christian, he's been a solid addition to the mid card. Looks like he's circling around Jungle Boy. Something may happen with him. Um, Andrade. Oh, I, I thought that was another. Um... I thought it was another uh, stinging uh, in Darby type situation. <laughs> um, they, like, I, I think it, I think they're gonna, they're, they're gonna tether him. But there's, there's something going on with them. I think they're oh. gonna fight. Okay, okay. But um, yeah, Sting, you brought him up. Like, has this been the best use of a legend in like how long? <sighs> uh, of a legend. <sighs> That's in the ring wrestling him. On a yeah, basis? yeah, yeah. I'd have to think about it, but it's the best one that I've seen in a while. I mean, because you could, you could say Finn Balor in NXT because he's a legend. <laughs> but but that don't necessarily count because he wasn't like he never like retired, went away, and he came back at the hiatus. They, so they like, didn't even tell you where Finn Balor was when when he came back to SmackDown. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing about that is like. I ended up, um, I think it was a, a fight tweet that's like, what are your, because one half went way through the year, what are your, like, your most anticipated matches, like, of the next rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So I wrote this list, and I was like, you know, I want to see this eventual Tam and Mayu uh, white belt match. I want to see um, uh, a jungle, or uh, Omega and Hangman, and I want to see, like, Nanai and Rissa's 25th anniversary match. It was last weekend or two weekends ago, right? And then I wrote because they had planned it for that Dublin uh, takeover, UK takeover last year before the pandemic, Balor versus Walter. So I thought like he, now that he's out of NXT, he was going to go and do that. And then it's like next thing, and like a week later, he shows up on fucking NXT on uh, on SmackDown. I was like, God damn it, I lost that match. They have robbed from me again. Stolen. <laughs> Stole from you. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, man, as far as um, as far as. You know, all of this stuff, I mean... Like, they both got tons of opponents. Like, yeah, because, I mean... That would, that would I mean, be great. Think, think about it. Them. Like, they never wrestled or on a big stage on television. They never wrestled any of the elite guys. They never wrestled any of the guys that got um, fired from NXT. They're now in AEW. Um, I mean, they fought Moxley, but, like... This Moxley, a different guy. <laughs> totally different guy in, like... You ain't, like you, look, Archer. there's no reason to like they're both babyface. There's no reason to do Danielson versus uh uh Moxley off rip, but the second they do Moxley versus uh versus Punk, that Look shield shift that shield shift in 2013 never happened, bro. Totally it, that shit was over. That shit was over five years ago. <laughs> so yeah, yeah and then man. they've got guys like Lance Archer, like that that were in New Japan. Um you know, they've got different tags like Punk and Brian could be a fucking tag team, That'd or so something awesome. like that. Like yeah, and, and actually do what what we wanted them to do with the with the with the, uh, the indie powers or whatever else uh, in 2013 when they were tagged together on uh, against like the Wyatt's and the Shield. Yeah, right. that'd be cool. Um, yeah, so I hope it happens. Um, so hey. bad week for those that uh, that say like, yeah, nothing leaks about AW. Like this could have been strategically leaked uh, because that's what I was thinking. Been, that's what I was thinking. Been great. The last couple weeks, they've actually increased the last two weeks. Um, they did their third biggest number ever 
this past week. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit as far as like the actual show. But well, I think I think all of wrestling is going to get their ass kicked because, uh, for a while now because of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, once we're once we get to like August or whatever, um, September, like yeah, like Dave said, this is going this September is going to be the most important ratings month since like 1998, like this September hmm. uh, coming up. So. Shit, like in, th- putting, putting in theory, Brian, there, like it. That's a reason to watch. We, well, I've heard from WWE hardcores that are like, that'll get me to watch every week. Well, quick you question, know? right? When this shit first start, or when we first started seeing the, the trends for all of this, wasn't like around like the end of this year, around the time when like uh, Thurston predicted that like NXT or not, AEW was going to like intersect like the, in the same viewership as Raw. I, I believe so. I saw something today. Uh, I think it was Will RBR tweeted out a graph, uh, one of them Thurston graphs that looked like the Raw and um, Dynamite numbers were on a collision course. Mm-hmm. He was like, now kiss. Like that. Like, <laughs> so, so that was that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, hope hope CM Punk damn Ryan ready. Um, you know, I, I can't, can't think of uh, two guys that, you know, they were the dudes. This should have been WrestleMania 30. Like this, like these were the guys in, in WWE, like that the fans really wanted. And you know they had John Cena, they had Roman Reigns, and uh, and for whatever reason, these guys never like they broke through. But there was always a higher level for them. They were your stars, but I mean, even at the level they broke through at, like they're still. All time, all time great. They're still right? all time, no doubt about it. Like you got to talk if you're going to talk about this last decade of of WWE wrestling. They're like, they're in the first paragraph, right? And you know, it, you know Punk's been gone so long. There are a lot of people that don't remember, um, you know, yeah. CM Punk or, or have like negative feelings on him and don't really see what the hype was about. Yeah. Um, I just had to tell you, like, like Punk was the reason I stayed watching wrestling after the rock came back and yeah. it was like this guy was the anchor of the show like no matter if the show was trash his promo segment would be fucking incredible or his match would be awesome like every week for like two years like so um it, he may like you know in a historical sense like he may be like a very time and place kind of act because when you view um everything that he quote unquote was fighting for and all that like some stuff changed, but like the WWE largely kind of, you know, operated like the the pipe bomb was prophecy in, in a lot of senses. Like you're gonna, your millionaire should be a billionaire. You're gonna make money despite yourself. I'm a spoke on the wheel. People are gonna keep pouring money into this fucking company. Like it doesn't matter. Like it was like he had to. He he gave us the fucking Bible verse right there. Like <laughs> of like what was to come, and. The craziest thing is, like, when you re- remove that, it almost looks as goofy as, like, the Montreal screw job and, like, the concept of that. Like, people being like, I don't fucking get it. Like, mm. y- like if you remove it from the time and place, it might not hit as well, but trust. It, like, <laughs> in that time, it felt like CM Punk was literally fighting the machine. I, I never thought of it that way, mostly because, like, you know that that context is baked into you know what we know right like mm-hmm. the same way that you talk about the Montreal Screwjob well, like you know I think it was um I think Meltzer was on talking to Jericho going on Montreal Screwjob a few years ago and um 
he talked about how like that shit, just like you mentioned, like that shit is time and place and, and for the context for it, it makes sense. And then Jericho was like, yeah, man, like that shit happened now. If somebody was like, I'm not whatever. He'd be like, what are you complaining about? Just, just pit, let's let him pin you. So yeah, you're right. Um, because like now so many of the guys are so many of the guys that would never would have gotten a sniff from WWE are now stars in the company, you know, from, from Kevin Owens, to hell, Matt Riddle blooming as a as a star, um, like that would not have Drew McIntyre. Like once they had fired him, they wouldn't have brought him back if because yeah. of his because he got better on the indies. They wouldn't have given a fuck, right? Like if that's the case, like they would have brought Chris Masters back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like no disrespect to Chris Masters, but you get my point. Like there were guys that had bodies and physiques and all that kind of stuff that like once Vince fired them, they never brought them the fuck back ever. Tyler Rex, Alex Riley, yeah, like that. yeah. So um, and obviously he's better than all them dudes. But you get my point. Yeah. Um, I had a tweet that that kind of took off that was pretty funny over the weekend. Um, it happens to be this guy's birthday today, so happy birthday to the game. Uh, it's also Hangman Page's birthday. He turned thirty today. Um, How old's Triple H now? Triple H is fifty-two, 51. I believe. Ah. Um, so with that being said, I have a thesis um, that I put on Twitter, and I'm just gonna say it. Some of y'all may agree. Some of you may not like it. You may find it disrespectful. You may think. This is actually genius, like a lot of people actually said on Twitter. But Triple H was a deathmatch wrestler, and he didn't even know it. All of his best matches, when you look at it, tend to have some type of stipulation, no rules, hardcore matches, tacks, sledgehammers, chairs. Three stages of hell. Yeah. Yes. Hell cage matches. Yep. This man was the this man was accidentally a great deathmatch wrestler. And while he fashioned himself as the, the second Harley Race Harley Race <laughs> and shit like that. And, and this classic worker and you know, this this ring general, you know, uh at the time and for six four, two hundred and sixty pound guy, he was he was good. Uh, but very start- good. Like for for his for his dimensions, there ain't too many people that were like that have a number of uh, great like regular rules matches than him. But you're absolutely right about the part where like even so, his best matches were when it was like no rules and you could hit people with shit. Yep. Um, I looked his three of his top thirty four singles matches, uh, or three of his top thirty four matches uh, in his career were singles matches or <laughs> regular rules, like uh, only three of them. And they were way down the list. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking at it, uh, I think I was talking to someone. It may have been about the Triple H and Daniel Bryan match. I, someone had said they were throwing it on and watching. I was like, that might be Triple H's best match. And mm, I looked at it. Singles I was match, like, you mean? Singles match? Yeah, yeah. I was like, besides that, you got him and uh, Dean Ambrose at Roadblock. Yep, and that's way then, up there. But you have like there's no angle lot. thing up there to sway high. I think there might be a Kurt Angle match. Um and then like people I, I believe it was. But then Josh again, like his best up. match with Angle is still that triple threat match with the rock involved. Right, which is essentially a death match. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no rules. And then like you, you know, like um uh, Angles can cuss as fuck. Right. Yeah. Um the uh other thing about Triple H, uh, the WrestleMania 17 match with The Undertaker. Right. I, I also consider that a death match. It was. The, the ref rules. was out. They went up a ramp, and then he, pa- and then he chokeslammed them through off the platform through into a, a crash pad. Yes. 
rep yes. went down didn't didn't pop up till about 15 minutes later it was like 15 minutes the ref was out yeah yeah so um y'all can look it up you can d- debate me if, if you want but i got i got lots of matches i can pull up a reference that they were all better with weapons for him yeah and when i saw it i was like yeah like i thought we kind of i never thought about it but i thought we all kind of knew that though like what i, I thought it was like a an uh, like i thought it was a uh what is it called just a just a um an unsaid understanding like mm-hmm. the dude the dude signs with a fucking sledgehammer remember the match he did with batista a couple years ago like right. they was using pliers and shit right. like pull out nose rings mutilation porn this yeah. man is this man thought he was rick flair but he might have been terry funk ah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny as fuck <laughs> but uh oh man yeah I mean, man also, think about like think about all these takeover feuds. No rules. First made, match made in his first, image. Blood feud. First match. No rules. Yep. Take, take <laughs> it to the lot. Take it to the parking lot. Take it, to, take it to the outside of the ring. Always. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee had interesting weeks. Um, all right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, I mean, we we I think we talked about it, or maybe we didn't talk about the loss that Karrion Cross had to Jeff Hardy during the show, but we were talking about Cross showing up on Raw. At least I know that much from last week. Right. Um. I the amount of he obviously lost a match in about ninety seconds to Jeff Hardy last week. Um. <clears throat> this led to Hardy chance at NXT when Cross was there. They got cut. They got cut. Yep. Um. They. I, I found it strange, um, and I shouldn't at this point because we both know what it is. But the amount of people that were celebrating that Karen Cross, like, like this was some indictment on him, like that this happened to him. I'm like, this is malpractice. This is yeah. bad booking. This right. is like a person that is walking out with a belt on. Well, like, yeah, like this is something that's like, <sighs> I don't like him either. Right, but I, I can't. Like, these ent- people have have put me in the position to like a man who I have called luggage on this air. Right, he's right. luggage in NXT, but he's going to the McDonald's of wrestling now. He doesn't. It doesn't matter that he's lug. He's more than good enough, right, to hang in, in that you know style or right. whatever. Like you mean to tell me you rather watch uh, J- uh, Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre than Karrion Cross Drew McIntyre? Out your fucking mind. Like right. I just. <sighs> I can't even because it's so fundamentally stupid. I can't even enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right, it's like right. what it, it's the same similar one that they screw up somebody that they've been pushed forever. Like when they do something with, when they were doing something stupid with like Carmella or Alexa Bliss, and it's like, wait, you're doing? Then what was the point? Why did I wait? Why do you waste all my fucking time? And like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. Um, it doesn't bother me as far as like well, he lost on the main roster, so now his shine is off NXT. It doesn't bother me like. They're effectively two un- separate universes, right? Like, look at how they're presented in NXT. Look how they're presented on the main roster. Look at how they're presented on the main roster. Look what happens when they're poured into NXT. Totally different, right? Like the book. Like this is what. Like this has always been that case when everybody goes back and forth, right? So it's like it doesn't really bother me. But for people that it bothers, I understand. Um, and it's just in for that like, reason. Why couldn't you Triple H get stupid. The, It's like why couldn't Triple H get the NXT champion protected from that? Like, what does that say about his standing at this point? 
I don't know. Um, I mean, he couldn't protect Rhea, right? Yeah, she's sinking fast. Um, but Keith Lee also had an interesting week. Um, <laughs> they re-debut him in his near hometown uh, in Texas after being gone for seven months. And he lost to Lashley, right? In minutes. I, I, it was like five, less than five minutes or something to set up Goldberg confronting Lashley. So get your ass in here. Do this job. We ain't seen you. We ain't heard nothing. Like, you just pop back up. And then what happened yesterday? Yes. Uh, in, in combination. Um, then, since Jeff Hardy uh, came down with the thing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, apparently Jeff Hardy was supposed to go over Karrion Cross again. And, yeah. you know, people broke out in all the, the discourse last week defending it, doing back bends. Yeah. It's a story. It'll make it intriguing. Yeah. And they're going to do it now, do it again. Oh, well, that's stupid. They're doing it the first time. was stupid, too. You already know the line, I'm going to say. They're bending over so far <laughs> backward. They, they're coming out on the other side, um, you know, to to lick the boot. You know, that, that's what these folks do. But, um Keith Lee, they, they see him as even lower than Cross because they were like, fuck it, you're going to go ahead and lose uh, the Cross now uh, in minutes. And I don't, I don't, like, we, we saw this as an NXT TakeOver main event last year, weren't particularly thrilled with it, uh, if I remember right. Oh, it's, oh, it was one of the worst uh, TakeOver uh, main events ever. Maybe right. the worst. But, like, these dudes were just thrown out there like guys they're not assets they're just just dudes yeah. here working yeah. like <laughs> um and i don't feel confident about either of them keith lee still on twitter being all cryptic and everything like that but who knows what that is uh could be an angle but you know it sure don't look like it <laughs> like it Look, like everybody's treating it damn near like a level under like a Kylie Ray thing where you can't ask anything about it and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I don't I mean, if he tells if he tells if he doesn't, he doesn't like I I'm, I mean, maybe from that perspective, I'm treating it like the Kylie Ray thing where it's like, look, man, like he's off TV. If he wants to explain himself, he will. If he doesn't, he won't. And like, I'm not going to hold my I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for him to explain this or whatever, because it's like he's off TV. And he's back now. He's back now, and they're jobbing him out. And he was losing when he was uh, when he was, it, or he was losing more than he should have been when he was around. So you know, I don't know what, really I, know what to do with that. And what I'm hearing is like they're having Corey Graves do that thing where they slip in the comments to bury him to show you what they're really thinking about him. Mm, yeah. um, you know, behind like when he's talking about Sami Zayn's uh, physique after like he had the shoulder stuff, so he couldn't lift weights. Right. Um. So yeah, those two guys hope they have better weeks uh, to come. But it don't look good. Um, WWE was at Rolling Loud this week. Uh, oh, oh, hold on, real quick before we transfer to that. And because uh, of that, I that doesn't mean that like Triple H is bad at hiring and cultivating talent because Vince McMahon doesn't know what the fuck to do with said talent. Like that'd be absurd. That that would be like if some NFL team drafted a bunch of Alabama. Uh, uh, players and then like they all busted out. It's like uh, so sh- does Saban have to give back the national championships or like that's not that's not how this works. <laughs> like you you and your organization are responsible for once you take them away from the campus. Right. 
Right. Um, and instead of Tuscaloosa, we're now talking about the, the PC. So, like, in another, in any other situation, if you had uh, that kind of talent perform that kind of way in the minors, and then they made it to the majors, and they didn't perform that way, the only people, people that are making these decisions for hiring and bringing up personnel will be fired. But they, this person not being fired because they own the company. Correct. Um, but rolling loud, uh, WWE went out there. One more thing. Also, ev- also, what percentage of uh, the ro- the WWE ro- main roster is from the PC? Like ninety percent, ninety five percent. A lot of it. A lot of it. So everybody. At so, this point. So at this point, you're picking and choosing. Like so, because outside of like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, what are we talking about here? Everybody went. Seth was a, was when a you put it champion. like that. New- Seth was the champion, right? Was the uh, was the first NXT champion? Big E, New Day, Big E, second NXT champion. Roman Reigns was at FCW with with Dusty and them. Moxley, Shield, yeah. The, the Horsewoman, yeah. Oscar, yeah. <laughs> Seth, Seth, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Kevin Owens, yeah. Drew McIntyre, yeah. Pack. Pack, yeah. Like so. Uh, so I guess we got Bobby Lashley list of like not PC. So like that's three out of like the entire fucking roster. Yeah. So like how bad is Triple H doing the job when like everybody that's succeeding except for three people is people that he brought to you. And then the other half or more the other half, like the other you're fucking up. But he was successful with them when he had them. And then when he even get them back, he's, he's more successful with them than you had them. I mean, when you have them. How's this your place fault? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Funny to your boy. Is um, it that wrestler? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. As far as being, but as far as being a bad cultivator talent or bad eye for talent, nah. <laughs> He's been a good eye for talent for like his entire life. That's how his life turned out this way. I was gonna say, you know, that man short that look, you know how they say uh shit like the NBA group BC dudes coming a mile away. Oh, like 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 Triple H saw Shawn Michaels coming before he did. Like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> look, um Triple H had a had a pocket full of money at the time, was a road travel person. Um had a great physique, obviously smart wrestling wise. I'm sure he could have done well with with a bunch of different women in life. He ended up with the, the with the boss's <laughs> daughter. Like I think I think that I think I think we scouting. know somebody that can scout that can Superior scout. Scouting. I'm sorry. I think I just think we do. I just think we do. That's funny. Uh, so I'll try again. So WWE was at uh, Rolling Loud this week, um, crossing over to a hip hop festival, uh, a younger demographic. Um, I, I won't go as far as, as to say like a predominantly black crowd because you know how festivals are. Oh yeah, uh, those, those tickets are expensive. You're probably young white kids out there. Uh, probably are, there are yeah. definitely. So you know, just I'll, I'll term it in you know youth. Like so, oh, they yeah. they sent um, Bianca, oh, Street Profits, uh, Gable, Gable Carmella. and Otis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like they did two matches. Carmella, they did two matches out there, and um, you know when you when you go on a rolling loud, um, and you know I got 
friends that work, you know, closely with Rolling Loud and stuff like that, and actually, you know, are on the board for Rolling Loud. So, like, dude that, uh, you know, is on the board of Rolling Loud paid me for a show, like, a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, shout out to him, but, like, when, you know, explain it to the wrestling audience, like, when you paid that money for those tickets this wasn't something that they paid for <laughs> like so so this was like kind of added on i want to say maybe like a month out they made the announcement these tickets are well sold in advance um this is something you know people been in the house they finally getting out a little bit and i'm sure uh, delta variant is gonna do uh his thing it was outside However, so hopefully yeah. not as bad as it could be could be but yeah. yeah, I get you. But people were wondering why like the crowd wasn't reacting and you know stuff like that. I think WWE kind of went in there with, you know, they went in with a bad plan. Like as far as like getting the reactions and stuff like that, like a nobody knows what's going on. Right. Uh they just they they sent like I think they're going to need to do more than quote unquote send the blacks. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, to, to the hip hop uh, festival. You know, they had Wale with the Street Profits out there, so they've been seen before. Uh, but mind you, like these people have no idea who the Street Profits are. They have no idea who Bianca Belair is. They have no idea who anyone is. Really, and not even even not even the and yes, that's a part of it. But also, it's like that's not what they're there for, right? So like, it was already battling uphill uh, battle, fighting uphill battle anyway. So. I appreciate the effort. Like, I, I think you have to like kind of, kind of salute them for that. But then you got to think about like, hey, um, how I compared it to it was like the Indians just didn't want to see Jinder Mahal. Like, if you think that's your in, whatever. If you think the black people are your in, like the black wrestlers are your in to this audience. Maybe they're not. Maybe you just need the stars. You might. I don't know. To, yeah, you might need to send like the big dog in, in John Cena in. Maybe. Just maybe. Right. Um and you know, they they did the the whole deal. Like the visual looked cool. I saw a couple clips. Uh they had the stage like like the whole crowd's like behind them and the rings on the stage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you know you could probably argue the layouts for the matches probably weren't the best. If it's me, I'm doing a wild six man lucha libre match and have people being like people that are quote unquote high out their mind in the crowds, they see people flying around. It might like impress them or something like that. But they got people sitting in chin locks and doing the quote unquote real style of wrestling, you know. And all this, I'm just like, I don't know. And, and it comes down to how do you introduce a non wrestling fan to wrestling? Like me, I would always go with Lucha Libre personally because I, I, it looks I, impressive. I mean, or you could just you know. You should you can just tune in and uh, to the marvelous fifth, fifth year anniversary and watch a match with a bunch of teenagers uh, running around and like that would have that would have been more than enough to get them excited because they were flying around. Uh, I don't know I don't know why they thought like them wrestling their style was going to work on the on uh, in a in a group full of young people that were like oh you're in a rest hold I don't even watch wrestling. Okay, I, I'm just going to grab this computer that's in my hand and just scroll and thumb around. Like, what what do you think was going to happen? Where is Kodak Black? You know, <laughs> like, where yeah. is little baby at? Where are either of the babies? Yeah, oh that guy, Jesus, uh, he's had a day. <laughs> Which one a, of y'all threw that threw that messed up Adidas? Uh, yeah. 
Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine being? I think it. I think at this point this year was the most streamed rap artist in the world on Spotify. Can you imagine after you get you climb to that by uh, doing so, a few songs with Megan Thee Stallion, two or three, that you then after after all this decide to bring do a song with with uh, with freaking several songs. Several and, songs. And then proceed to bring him on stage at Rolling Loud. And then you decide to how, openly become a homophobe. How like, does that help you sell records when you decide to alienate one of the biggest artists in, in your in, in your genre of music for someone that is literally dime a dozen as far as help your reach to, you know, expand? Explain that to me. It's not smart. And then, like you and, are the gangster girl rapper. And and you want and you want to alienate a bunch of black women because because of that like that is that's that's hustling backwards, that's fundamentally and, stupid. And then you you go like extra homophobic at the same time like yeah that too. Which it is just like no like that's that's not gonna fly, sir. Like and then hearing Ti come oh out is just like bro like. He he the, literally both he literally both sized it. He tried to yes. both size homophobia. Mister Harris, Tip, uh, Ti, Clifford, whatever you want to call yourself these days, forty year old man with the little dreads. This is not a both sides issue. It will never, never. If it never will be, if we substituted black for gay, you would never say anything like this. So what are you saying? Right. Right. I, sorry. Like, <laughs> like but the, the thing is like. We listen enough to T.I. to know how we, we know we, 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 look, we know what time it is. We know he's yeah. a misogynist. Yeah, we, we know what time it is. Yeah. Um like if I were him, I wouldn't even be on on social media considering that, you know. Uh he might have an open case coming up. Right. He like he's facing a lot of uh sexual abuse allegations. So uh I I, I, I would be staying low. Yeah. Um so um Thunder Rosa officially signed to AEW. Long time coming. Everybody thought her NWA deal was up the beginning of next year, but they found out a way to get her out of it early. Um, She's been, when you talk about someone who's saved the division, uh, the, the turnaround kind of like, like if I'm looking for like four pillars like of, of the AEW women's division, she's one of them. Like, like I don't know the four. Like, I mean, you're talking about Sheeta. Oh yeah, yeah, Sheeta, Riho, uh, Brit, and Thunder. Like, th- those are the four pillars, right? <laughs> like, she's one of them. I was looking at my phone because uh, Caleb had sent me something about uh, I guess Dakota Kai won a match or something. So I was looking at that. And I was like, yeah. Like she's going to be the ta- she's going to be like a title challenger for Raquel eventually, and, and like she's going to lose, and one of them going to turn on each other in the process. Like, you, you, oh, you no. you're American it, with American professional. You're familiar with American professional wrestling, right? Like, no, she she turned on her tonight. Oh, okay, well there you go. But yeah, but okay, so cool. But it's like yeah, like we saw this come from a, a mile away. We saw this coming, like when she decided to start hanging out with her, like <laughs> like here in, in uh. What was that? It was actually at Portland. So I was like, yeah, like that's called professional wrestling, American professional wrestling. So um I I, I don't even all I know is his text message. So I was looking at it, but I'm looking at you but you so I missed out on your four pillars joke, but that's hilarious. I never even thought yeah. about it that way. 
Yeah, so the, the four pillars of, of uh, AW Women's Wrestling, like one of them is locked in now. Um, this is someone that I would consider like casting a U.S. Women's MVP vote for when you start much in a, like a, the Giannis situation, like everything they stand for. Um, she's She runs her own promotion. Like she's a booker. She's a promoter. Um, she's a great wrestler in multiple companies and against people with varying experience levels. She think, can of where she, think of where she was when we first were watching in 2015. She's one of the most improved wrestlers of the last half decade of wrestling. Yes. Uh, rapidly vaulted up my favorite wrestlers list in like this last year. Um, very happy for her. She was, she had a birthday too this past week. So uh, I think they announced it on her birthday. So I don't, I don't I'm not sure about that, but um she's looked like she's positioned in the ranks. So eventually they're going to run her and Britt back. That's like, if it's me, I'm going to have them trade that shit back and forth. Now, like Charlotte Sasha, this shit, like <laughs> letting them to <laughs> no, the match is sure. Have a storyline, please. <laughs> please have a story. Like we, you know, we, that is the one thing about Sasha and Charlotte uh, in, uh, in 2016 was like they wrestled so well that like they completely like overshadowed the fact that there was no good story like storyline beats for them. But but yeah, like sure, why not that plus story? Yes. Look, and I feel like they've they've got uh they got elements that uh, Charlotte and Sasha either didn't have or they didn't do well. Like when. Sasha's in Boston losing the belt and shit like to, yeah. to Charlotte. Like um, they've got Britsburg coming up. Um, Britsburg you know, too. Yeah. And, and the first episode of Rampage. A lot of people think that could be something. Um, are, wait, I, quick question. I, are they actually calling Britsburg too or no? Um, there, I know she's being promoted as like the face of this show, like everywhere. I'm, I'm not sure of, of the Britsburg. I don't know if they're using that, but they did drop new merch, Britsburg merch for her. Okay, well, the reason why I'm asking is because um, Steelers, like, the 90s Coward teams, they were called Blitzburg because of, you know, 3-4 defense and sending, zone, sending like, uh, Kevin Kevin Green down to kill people, right? And mm-hmm. then, like, in the early 2000s, um, when they had Joey Porter, for example, like, when they were really good, they'd end up losing in the AFC Championship game to the, to the uh, uh, Patriots, but with Drew Bledsoe, but, like... In that game, but like that was called Blitzburg or Blitzburg Two, so it was like keep in touch with like traditions. Uh, okay, it's something that was like if. But then again, you know the Jacks at that time, Jacksonville was a rival. I don't know if they owned the team. I don't think they owned the team back then, but like Jacksonville and the Steelers were a rival. Maybe they don't. Whatever, we're just doing this cause like whatever. But it would be cool if they did like you know because as they keep going like KO Mania, all the KO Manias, you yep. keep doing Britsburgs. That I think that would be cool. Yeah, um, I, I think they definitely and they've shown that they have like a bunch of like hot Texas areas, like essentially with AEW. Like, I think you got to build like I would love for them to build this feud around Texas versus Britsburg. So the matches they do, you know, are in each other's like, you know, hometown or whatever, because Thunder is getting monster reactions on like elevation, like in, from in the different Texas areas. And we know Brits reactions are going to be nuts um in britsburg or whatever but yeah happy for thunder rosa for sure um as far as uh aw uh this week uh not as good as the the first show uh the first uh fighter fest this was week two i believe 
Yeah. Uh, next next week's fight for the fallen. Uh, we got some hot angles though. Uh, the introduction of Nick Gage <laughs> uh, in there with with Jericho next week. That's going to be something. Um, they uh, did a road to where Gage was on there. Dropped today. It was pretty good. Um, Jericho and Spears didn't suck by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, it was fun by the uh, end. Yeah. They, uh, you know, I, I think Sean Spears is probably one of the most maligned wrestlers for his level of push that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, he, he's he's solid. Um, they uh, had a big title change in the main event. Lance Archer in Texas. Uh, the new streak, Lance Archer in Dallas. That's the new <laughs> Undertaker streak. That man has put down Will Ospreay. That man has now put down John Moxley there. Like, who's going to be Archer in Dallas? Like, let's see it. Like, that that could be a money-making thing, I think, uh, should they keep committing to this. And we're just seeing the, uh, the blossoming New Japan and AEW relationship. Uh, Excalibur spoke, spoke about that and used it pretty much in those terms uh, in the road to seeing the IWGP US title switching hands on Dynamite and shit and then they're sending Hikaleo out there who's hanging out, um, jumps in and he goes face to face with Archer I forgot he was that fucking tall bro, he's fucking huge I forgot like, like he's looking down, he's, he can look over Lance Archer like um, the match with him and Mosley, I, I like this better than the Wrestle Kingdom match this was just like, you know, it was huh. so hot. It like it was so um, hot. I think that they're comparable. I think they're close, but I end up giving the 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 the, uh, the edge to the first match because like, if watching that match, it felt like they were rushed for time, and mm-hmm. the way they no sold or, or shook off some of the stuff they did in that match, it felt like they were cut on time or were rushed for time and they needed like five more minutes to make it all impact and maybe they would have had a better match. But mm-hmm. like, once you... I need some time. I need some some separation of time from someone getting pilmanized being able to get back up and keep fighting or someone getting literally mm-hmm. chokeslammed on the on the, on the the spine of a chair, of an open uh, folding chair and get right back up for me to be like, all right, bro, like... Y'all like I need y'all to sell a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Like give me like give me give me like fifteen seconds on that. Don't give me don't just get right the fuck back up. And they keep like they, 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 they did that tough Bro, match and they treat that shit like it was a wrestle versus the nine. I was like, God damn. Like y'all kill each other. Why are y'all getting up so fast? Sell! This shit don't hurt. It hurts me. I'm watching it. Um yeah, but Lance but it was Archer, fantastic. career biggest win of his career, career defining win, career defining moment in his hometown. Man, they just keep cool. doing these things like that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, not beating people in their hometowns. Um, in the text group, I had thought that there was a possibility Archer could win here because of that. Uh, and knowing Lance Archer like was on Twitter a couple months, like a month and a half back, talking about he's so proud to work for AEW, and this is right after those dates were announced for Dallas. And I was like, Hmm, so there could be something in the works here. And, um, uh, watching the, uh, forbidden door interview that Tony Khan put out about Nick Khan back this week looks fucking amazing. In hindsight, everything <laughs> that's like been set up with the Jay white and impact stuff, like look going against the elite and, um, the plans with the IWGP us title, which he said that he had in that, um, uh, video where, They've set up 
they just didn't do, hey, we're going to switch the belt randomly. They've established equity like, hey, we're going to have John Moxley and Eugene Nagata. We're going to have Carl Anderson and John Moxley. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to give him wins, and then he's going to drop in. It's going to mean something. Um, this is really great. <laughs> like, it's really great. Um, one thing that was not really great, the women's title match. Um, I I think they just they just missed like they just missed. And I think they'd be better against other people. Like, do you, but the crowd like went insane for this match. Yeah, Brit's super over. Brit's like, super, it was Brit's overness that saved this match more than anything else. Like, it, I mean, if that, like part it, of me that wonders if she's wandering into that Alexa bliss territory, but like Alexa bliss never got reactions like this. Um, I, well, uh, explain what you mean. Expl- okay. Elaborate on that for me. So, like, when Alexis matches, we'd be like, yo, there's there, the matches aren't really going off, but y'all say, she, like, she's this great promo and stuff mm. like that. But I would say... Brits a way better promo than Alexa yeah. uh, has been given the, the scripts to do. Yeah. Uh, I think she's a great deliverer of words, but, like, as far as um, cutting actual great promos, like, Brit has, has them and Alexa really doesn't. She, like, uh, I think if she was able to talk for herself, she would have... I think she would be a great promo, like a consistently great promo. Um, but Britt, I, I, the the only thing that gives me reservations on that is I've seen Britt step up in class. Like, hey, like I'm going to fight somebody with way more experience and not look lost. Maybe she's not a leader of matches at this point. She um, isn't. So that's maybe like where, where they went wrong. They were very ambitious in this match. But like when you talk about timing and shit getting fucked up and like there was a lot that went wrong. I don't think there was that much that went wrong as much as it was like there was just a lack of umph. Like they they wrestled as if they were like in walkthrough as opposed to like actually trying to take each other's heads off or not take each other's heads, but like hit each other hard. Like you you can see like and Britt has this thing and and it's always bothered me because it, it, it's I don't want to say is I don't want to say it's exactly like Julia's thing, but it's like. They have this weird thing with their selling to where it's like, I'm down and my head is slumped, so therefore I'm selling as opposed to like, can I see some anguish or, or agony or pain or like a loss of or, or fogginess on your face? Uh-huh. Um, so like that that's also that's also a thing that kind of bothers me. Like when, when Julia is like, when Julia actually gets hit hard, like you see her instead of just sell like it hurts like or whatever, she'll go into like, her face will make a face like, damn, that shit hurt. <laughs> she'll get up but like Brit is kind of like just like I'll just sit here I'll just sit here with my head tucked down and not make a face and then like I'll get ran into or whatever else uh, but like I think mostly it came down to just like they just as far as you know the nuts and bolts of it it just was not crisp in like it was it was throughout the whole entire match I thought the layout of the match was very good um but like the execution overall just did not hold up to the match. I thought the I thought the layout was 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 really good though. As yeah. far as like if I were to write out on paper what was done and say these are twists and turns, this is what was done to get to here or whatever else, and this is the finish. Like I was like, yeah, it's a well laid out match, but it just didn't work. It didn't work out. And it reminded me a lot of like those pre those pay per view matches for the women's division WWE pre horsewomen showing up. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, they had some, like, it's short, obviously they got more time, but I mean, like, uh, like, oh, you got X amount of time, and this is how we're going to do it, and then, like, you go out there, and it's like, oh, I mean, I like the layout, I like the story, I didn't like the execution all that much. Right, um, I, I think Britt will 
end up getting positioned with someone that makes a little bit more sense for her because she's in this weird mode where she's way the fuck over. She's still a heel, but um, she's a de facto baby face against Nyla. And yeah. the second she goes in there with like Thunder Rosa or Ty Conti or something, she can slide back into being a heel. Also, it'll probably make more sense. Also, given how she's gotten herself over, like she might just be a deathmatch wrestler. Who knows? Who knows? Um, who else we got on her? What what else can I think of? Um, more Hangman and and Kenny stuff. Uh, you know, we're a week closer to that um uh, elimination tag. They rent. They did a big run in after the Frankie and uh, Gallows match. God bless them. Uh, even Frankie like and Gallows like they didn't. You know that was an angle. I, I believe someone said it was like this was AEW Dark Elevation on Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on Floyd show. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, they um, you know they spun that into uh, the elite angle, which is which what, continues to get monster reactions. What was the line that Kenny Omega said? Where just like, or he did it again. Where it's like he says something that he knows is just oh, oh this yeah. makes it right. Re- he, he he when he leaned into Don Callis and was like, oh, I forgot what he said. He's like, um, you turn from the hunter to the hold on, let me check with Mr. Callis to the hunted. Yes, like. that's what it was. And I was just like, why is this man in the last two weeks? And this is only like this is only just like he started doing this like the last two episodes where like all of a sudden like he's like a a, a Ben Stiller villain in a in a nineties early two thousands movie where he's like. He's a bad guy, and he's also going to play like he's a fucking moron to like then make you be like, "You're an idiot," like you're you're an idiot, you're just an idiot. And I was like, "When? Did, why did he decide to do this? Why?" Probably fucking around. There was a there was a bit on BT this week where uh, is is this funny thing like why he keeps having the facial hair? Like every time he's about to like cut the shit off, like there's like a fake Jim Ross that are like, as like, Hey man, your music's hidden. Like you gotta, you gotta get out there. Like, you know, we're live pal. Like, and he's about to shave like the Harley Rays joint off. And he's running around like, like, um, like, come on, Don, like, you know, I can't cut promos for myself. I I can't cut promos. You have to talk for me or whatever. Shit is fucking hilarious. Like he's the best. Like, And the thing about it is like, what made me think of the Ben Stiller thing was because of like you look at that face, that off face hair, and it makes you think of like Ben Stiller and Dodgeball. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why? This who who to, who gave you notes to say that you need to do this to your facial hair for this movie or or this or this uh, program to happen? Like, just I, it's just so extra, and it's just like it's in like I know it's heat. I know the purpose of it is heat, obviously, but it's like I, I think we're past the point of like. Cutting stupid stuff into our heads to to get to, to get heat. Like leave that shit to the road warriors <laughs> or demolition or whatever the fuck. Like we don't hate you, Kenny. Like sorry. Like you know we know well, what you're doing, well, well, man. Well, 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 excuse me. There there are some that that that, oh, okay. <laughs> that do hate him. Like for Daniel Bryan. Like for Daniel Bryan to get hated and seeing Punt to get hated. That man like literally like fake dumped uh on uh. Paul Bear's ashes on Undertaker. See, or Daniel Bryan said he wants to stop fucking global warming and it wants to it wants to be a vegan. This man is out here cutting bullshit into his head. Bro, like what? <laughs> Bro, I was uh in, in watching, hearing all this CM Punk stuff this week. I was 
found myself watching some of his old segments and then i was thinking about when he turned heel like that man started getting that bad fade like yeah so he, like, he cut yeah. all the hair off but like yeah. there's like a there's clearly a line you can see like it was like they didn't finish the haircut or whatever do you remember uh this i think it was 2013 slammies no 2012 slammies and a long time ago like he interrupts like flair is there to present like uh i think it's like superstar of the year uh-huh. and like cena wins and he comes out with Heyman, and he's like just loses his fucking mind and like the promo's incredible because i watched it like a couple years ago back and i was like god damn i forgot how good he was this promo and then like he's talking with flair and he's and he's like you know what you know what they say about you you know what flair I remember back in the, I remember a few years ago, I used to be in the locker room with Sean. He used to about when I grew up, I want to be like Ric Flair. I look at you and I would never want to be you. And he, he just kept coming. And Flair's like, hey, bro, like, I think he's like, I think, I think he's like, hey, man, like, the diamonds in this Rolex say that it's like, it's X, it's X o'clock and, you know, it, it's time to get cracking in Min, um, not Minneapolis, I think it's Milwaukee. And he's, and then like, they keep going and then all of a sudden, I think they call the commercial break out the floor says, you need to come, I want to, I want a one-on-one in the ring and then come have a commercial break and this is after like, uh, that Ryback match where he had a fucked up knee. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's crushing himself down to the ring, CM Punk with Heyman and all of a sudden he gets to the ring and he ends up Jabbing off Flair with the with the with the crush, and he and then like Flair bends over and he breaks a fucking he, shit. he breaks a fucking crush over Ring Flair's back. It is 2013. I'm like, God damn, this pro-. like I'm sorry, we just derailed this talking about CM Punk again, bro. Like, but he was so fucking great. Yes, like, yeah. And it was and the thing was also fucking hilarious because like he the way that crush buckled around Ring Flair, the whole 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 carcass is like, God damn. Like, what, Flair? Why are you still doing this stuff? A check. <laughs> Rick Flair was thinking about a check. Oh, man. All right, so where were we? We're talking- I, 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 that's <laughs> it, man. I, you know, I, I don't know anything else to say about uh, AEW uh, this week. Uh, the Blade did some crazy-ass move to Orange Cast. It was like a gut-wrench powerbomb on the fucking top rope. I was, like, jaw-dropping. J- jaw-dropped in amazement at that move. I don't even remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it might have been in pictures. How do I not remember that? There's, there's definitely a gif going around. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But it's like a gut wrench power bomb on the fucking top turnbuckle, and like Blade jumps to the outside of the ring. Like it's crazy. Huh. Okay. Oh man. Uh. So where are we now? Oh, uh, I'm gonna throw this in. This isn't on the sheet. What do you think about this Vince McMahon um uh docu series that's apparently gonna start? Oh, the, we're basically doing like the oh uh, the the people versus OJ Simpson for like the, the I guess it's like Vince McMahon versus the the or the U.S. government versus uh, Vince McMahon for story yes. trial in '92. Yes. And like Kevin Dunn and, and Vince's hands are on it, right? Yes. It's gonna be some cap shit, like whatever. Hey, bro, I I like. Can you think about all the things like like Dave was actually telling the story behind it on Observer Radio, and they were trying to figure out the things that won't be in the show. I mean, but uh, well, obviously they're not going to talk about how this man was getting supplied steroids and he was sharing them with Hogan. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's that, what I'm, is that what Melser said. Yeah, that, oh, that was oh, one oh. thing. He was <laughs> like, um, he was like, I'm pretty sure the the warrior testimony where he says ninety percent of the wrestlers are on steroids won't be in the show. <laughs> Was it was it ninety? Was it, that, I remember? I remember he said, said like over. I know he said over fifty, but I can't remember the rest of it. It was so long ago. I, I, I don't up that stuff. I'm not as familiar with the details of the story. Same here. So, like, that's a little bit like 
I don't want to say before my time, but I've never really studied that. Um, you know, and I'll do shit like watch 1993 Raw and shit. But um, yeah, I've never really studied the steroid trial. Yeah, I, I just knew the gist of it. Never got into nuts and bolts of it. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, so I mean, is Dark Side of the Ring ever going to do that? I feel like they are. I, I, think I mean, they, they should. I, I think they are doing it. Okay, well, this might be like a response to that. So, you know, we'll, we'll get both sides on it. Well, I mean, either way, as they go over this stuff, like you'll have um, uh, you'll have Solomonster and Alvarez, not Alvarez, and, and Meltzer, like go over like observers Bix. and notes and Bix. Yeah, go over like this stuff from back then too. Like so, um, like you know whatever. That'll be you know, whatever WWE, whatever like WEI's version of them, you know, being choir boys or whatever else, like what, like they'll they'll show the reporting back then, and that's all cap shit. Like Vince is on that shit, and we all know Vince is on that shit, like, and he was sharing that shit with Hogan. They um, I, I imagine the series ends with Stephanie McMahon just after nine eleven. So God damn it! This was an assault on my family. <laughs> Or whatever the fuck she said. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just like, yeah. He said, try to tear our family apart and they came back stronger and we'll do it. And the USA will be just like that. It's like, I forgot how old Stephanie was at the time. She was in her, what? She was in like her mid 20s, right? Probably early 20s. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Always fun to uh, remember that one. Whenever, yeah, like, whenever I, like, I see that video come across like, the timeline, like, I make sure I watch it. I mean, think about it. Back in 92, do you think Stephanie was knew the details of what was going on in that courtroom when they were sharing all that? All, like, come on. Of course. Of course, she looks. Of course, from her perspective, like, she thinks it was a witch hunt for her dad. Of course. You know. I don't blame her. I, I, but I would say, I would, I, I would say, like, even if I thought that or whatever else, I, and I was in a situation, I would put my child on her to say no kind of shit like that uh, following a 9 11 uh, uh, tribute show. But yeah. whatever, Vince. Vince, look, Vince. We as well established, Vince rocks differently than I do. Look, <laughs> and Stephanie you know, rocks you, differently than I do. Look, you, you know the storyline is that Stephanie was getting sent to business meetings by Vince while she may or may not have been eighteen years old already. In storyline, oh god, like this was this was what was written. Yeah. <laughs> like like Nas, it was written. Like <laughs> this is what was written. <laughs> so I can only go with that. Yeah, just wild stuff, man. NXT lowlights. Whoo, lowlights. Uh, okay, so they did. L- let me uh, let me pull up these notes real quick. Just give me a second for lowlights. Uh, I'm just gonna go to the cage match and pull up the match the matches. Um, there were two good matches on the show. Uh, uh, but the rest was just like all in. Just, just, just. Ugh. The main okay, so lowlights. First lowlight. The main event. Um. NXT Women's Title Match Raquel Gonzalez versus Ailee. Um, they were trying to tell a story of obviously big versus little, um, and obviously trying to the story. The story is to try to get Zaya over as look at where she's progressed, and obviously because you know she hasn't lost since the uh, the Tien Shaw stuff start popping off. Um, Match was not good enough to be in the main event of an NXT uh, show, um, unfortunately. Yeah, but them's the bricks, right? Um, so, I am pulling up. Oh, that's NXT UK Women's Title. I'm looking for an NXT Women's Title. Uh, UK. Oh, there we go. Um, but, yeah, like, 
And then the match ends up ending where Raquel does a twisting Vader bomb. And as she does a twisting Vader bomb, Zaya is instead of flat on the canvas, she is like twisted to the side, almost if like somebody's going to land short. Um, so if you know, someone's landing short, like you are, you know, turning sideways to kind of catch the impact that way, but she landed flush. And as she hit her, like as she landed, uh, Raquel's, um, back basically lands like on like a, like kind of like hits Zaya, like in the ribs where her, sh- where her like arms should have been in theory. Uh, and she just. So she, you can see like, you can see something was wrong immediately. Like it looked like when I watched it, I was like, did she break her ribs? Because the way that the, uh, you know, that was close to the match finish, the way they were building the match. And then like the ref, she's talking to the ref. She leaned over. The ref is telling, is telling Raquel to go to the opposite corner to buy time. And they showed the replay of uh, what happened. They, and they talk about how brutal it looked. And then by the time they come back from the, from the uh, replay, you can see like the actual trainers by the ringside. So they're like debating on what to do. And then next thing you know, Rick, uh, she gets up and she gets up just so Raquel can hit her finish. You know, that, 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 uh, I think she calls it the Chicano, the Chicano, the Chicano bomb where she, you know, that choke power slam thing she does. Or sorry, choke mm-hmm. power bomb thing that she does. And when she does that, you just see like, Zaya like she wanted to die. She was so much pain. I was like, and that was the finish. I'm like, if that was the finish, just just award the match as a ref stoppage TKO to and have Raquel win. Why would you put somebody through that through just to just to get hit with a move that's gonna make me be in more pain? Like, you don't know if she broke her ribs or not. Yeah. Um, it looks like, you know, I saw I saw the clip. Like when you take like those splashes, like you have to stiffen up and straighten out your arms like and like basically uh think about it if you are listening to this show put your arms down directly in front of you ball them up in a fist right and and, you know you have to kind of get your arms to take the blow rather than your stomach like like yeah because your 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 arms are there to protect your ribs and your vital organs in case you know Finn Balor or Azumi or somebody double foot stomps you and breaks your, it would in theory break your ribs if they were unprotected weight coming down to your splash or whatever. Yeah. We've seen, you know, and it was just like, I, I, I don't get why that was done. Um, so, so that was weird. That was a low light. Um, another low light, the, for the breakout tournament, uh, match that they had this breakout tournament thing. It's just filler. Like Damn. last week, it was um, it was uh, Ikemajiro versus uh, uh, I forgot his name now, Duke Su- Duke something, Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson, who was the former um, Brendan Vink, Bre- Bre- uh, 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 Brendan Vink, and like I see Ikeman out there, and Ikeman's clearly good, and Vink is Vink, the same guy you saw last year with uh Shane Thorne, um, except with a way better physique now and a beard, um, so. This match, they have Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones is like 6'5", 400 pounds. Looks like somebody... Uh, I think they said he used to be a guard uh, for a college team. Can't, mm-hmm. no, I, can't, I didn't recall the team. Um, charismatic dude. Uh, I think you've seen him before. You remember a guy that was in uh, doing... Um, that was dressing like Nation Domination Mark Henry? Uh, yeah, I know what he looks like. Yeah, that's Odyssey Jones. 
So charismatic dude comes out, crowd likable guy, crowds behind him is immediately. I think that has to do with like the fact that he was in there with um a dude named Andre Chase. Andre Chase came out there with some horrible gear and got uh and got some of the most genericest of of NXT music with saying something saying something because a lot of their music ever since CFO left sounds generic. So Man came out there to that demo music, like, basically that, that, that menu screen music. Yeah, bro, you got to see his gear. He looks like a jag. That Andre Chase dude, like a complete jag. So then I was like. They mentioned that he had wrestled in Japan and wrestled around the world. I, I pulled up this cage match. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, he's not a P, he's not necessarily a PC guy, but like he ain't exactly some indie darling either. So, um, like, no, no disrespect to him, but it's like, okay, I see how they doing him. And then they bring Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones. He got the music. It's, it's got some good sounding music. He comes out super charismatic, hyped up, like. And he comes out, he got a swagger to him, right? Crowd likes him. And ring bell rings and <coughs> pardon me. Match match isn't good. And the match was short. It's like three minutes and, and twenty seconds, but it's like you see the stuff they're doing, and it's like, all right, so it's it's like they're treating him like he's like what they want Keith Lee to do, where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you're we're treating you like you're green and you can't do anything, so we're just gonna focus on you being a big guy that can move. And keep in mind, like, Andre, or sorry, uh, Ozzy Jones is way bigger than Keith Lee. Like, Ozzy Jones is, like, 6'5", 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Right? But, when they have him run the ropes, they have him do, uh, you know, have him do shoulder tackles or whatever else, he can move. Like, he can move. Like, it was, uh, remember when you see, like, in the, in the 90s, how Mark King would dunk a basketball? Yeah. He might be able to dunk a basketball. He can move. So, it's like, all right, he clearly has something being that size. Crowd likes him for a sight unseen. Might have some. So um he, he ends up winning really quickly after like selling a couple things on like a couple things Andre Chase did and he ended up beating him. So like, but the match wasn't nothing. But it's like this second match in a row, none of these matches are impressive. Odyssey Jones, like off the look in the presence, like he looks like he might have something. I've less you like he might have something, but like He's remember um I can't remember the Fran Fashilla uh joke about that one NBA player that was really sorry. He's like he two he's two years away from being two years away. Yeah, like Odyssey Jones is gonna be a project, right? He's gonna be a project. Uh, and I, I think I know that guy's name. I think that is Bruno Cablico that was on the Raptors. That's I crazy. Think. <laughs> that's crazy. You remember that? But like that's, why do I remember these? I can't remember it was, it was fucking hilarious when he said that he buried that dude. Two years yeah. be two years away? The yes. disrespect. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> and, and the funny part is, I was going to say two years away from two years away for something else, and we'll get to it uh, later in this show. But uh, but we'll, we'll get to it later. But um, yeah. So um, it just it, it it just it wasn't a good match. But and it's like they're not even trying to have good match. They're just like trying to highlight these people in a squash match. It was like, well, it's a breakout tournament. How about you have somebody kind of try to break out? You know, uh, maybe that's for later. Right. You know, once they get to once they get to semifinals, finals, we'll see. But like the only person I've seen before that I think is like really, really good so far because he's been they they liked him so much that they actually brought him up to get you know to get you know have an impressive loss to people was the Carmelo Hayes dude. But the Carmelo Hayes dude, he don't sell for shit. Um, that's something you can remedy. But like when he was out there with, with uh uh the two guys he was out there with Adam Cole one time he's out there with someone else but when he was out there with Adam Cole like 
Bro, like, he got thrown into, like, the steps, or he's supposed to land on his knee and have a bad knee, and then, like, literally, he was on the ground on his back, uh, this is like a month ago, he was on his back, and he was, like, chilling, and all of a sudden, he looked up and saw the camera on him, and all he goes, oh, it reached for his knee, I fucking howled, I was like, what? remember, dude, you might remember this, yes, remember a while I, ago, I, I said to dude, like, the Carmelo Hayes dude makes, uh, makes killing, I said, make, makes carrying crosses selling, like, Christians, that's the dude yes. I'm talking about, so, like, He's spectacular as far as all the athleticism and the moves he could do, but like reel it in. Not reel it in. Just sell. Learn how to sell. If he learn, if he learns how to sell just a little bit, he could be like a. De- I don't want to say damn near, but he could be in like he could be like a trying to think of somebody. He could be like a, a ricochet type. Like he's that kind of athletic. Or let, I don't even want to give you that much pressure. Putting that much pressure on him. Let's say one of the Martin brothers from Top Flight. Gotcha. Like he can do anything. That kind of athleticism stuff you see him do. Oh, by the way, um, speaking of him, uh, he did a running tope over the ring post today. Oh, so he did on, a ricochet. Yeah, yeah. He did, he did <laughs> that ricochet was doing in like 2014. He did that today. Okay, that's crazy. Um, other things to look at. Um, low lights. I- it was a squash match. It's Frankie Monet versus a woman named J.C. Jane. Um, they brought out uh, Jessica Maya. They're they're teasing this thing like, all right, so Aaliyah left. Frankie Monet after for weeks before Aaliyah left uh, was kind of circling those two. Like I'm going to steal those two from um, Robert Stone. Aaliyah left and go, is going to the main roster. So like I guess it's now just it's going to be Jesse and then like Robert Stone's for the time being. But eventually, his time's going to come where she boots. Robert Stone out his ass is going to be just Jesse as a henchman. Um, but like, it was a simple squash match and, um, gotta say like Frankie Monet so far, she knows what she's doing, but it doesn't look impressive. Mm. Like she clearly, like she clearly knows, like I I do this, I do X, Y, and Z to elicit this reaction. And it's like, you're absolutely right, but you got to do X, Y, and Z better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to to then make people be like, ooh, ah. I think when she gets on a takeover, she'll be fine. She may just be trying to go with the playbook right now because she's a well-traveled veteran and she's like, all right, she knows exactly what they want and she's probably getting, you know, ha- you know, stand ovations when she goes back through. Maybe. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that what she's doing is bad, but I'm looking at it and like, maybe it's my fault that I'm like, comparing it to the stuff I normally want to to start them when I'm watching it. But I'm like, yeah, like that is it's, it's like, isn't it? You're just not, it feels like you're almost like you're running through the motions as opposed to like really doing it. Um, but whatever. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, but I'm trying to think what else we have. Uh, anything good. Hmm? Anything good. The good. Oh, hold on. One, one more, one more bad thing. Um, so Cameron Grimes is doing the Butler thing again with uh with with LA Knight L- LA sorry slave yes yes slave <laughs> um LA Knight is still getting upset that like the stuff he's trying to do to Cameron Grimes isn't bothering him so so now all's back all is backfiring on him so they want he wanted uh Grimes they pulled up to the to the to the dangerous uh PC slash full cell parking lot and LA Knight. He told Elliot Knight to get all the bags. It's four different bags, and he's juggling the bags and, you know, falling like a goofball. And then Cameron Grimes is like, I'm sorry, 
in comes Drake Maverick was like, hey, stop being a dick to him. Like, or actually it was like, hey, I'll help you carry these. Like, this ain't your fights. Leave it alone. LA Knight comes back and says, you, you want to do his work for him? I want to match. They come, and, they come and fight. He was like, you want to work for me too? Like, <laughs> he's like, no, oh, he's like, no, this is his work. You leave it alone. If you got, if you, if you got a problem with that, I'll see you in the ring. So they have a match. Um, and I, I saw it come from a mile away. What do you think happened? What do you think was the finish, Rich? Or not? What do you think finish? Who do you think won? L.A. Knight for sure. He lost. Camera guys were getting over with the, was getting over with the crowd during the match, so they treated L.A. Knight went out there like he was Rusev t- trying to move Lana around to stop Lana from getting cheered. It was one of those. Oh, so then, as he so then he gets back in the ring after he has already saw the mud hole in Drake Maverick. And he gets back in the ring and then looks, points six head through the ropes out to the ring and tells him to know his, you know, know his role and shut his mouth because you know he's a rock, yeah. he's a white rock, he's cracked. So next thing you know, it's like he's about to get fucking schoolboy. Three seconds later, Rich Drake Maverick, schoolboy, one, two, three. Look, Drake Maverick celebrated. Aren't Cameron you supposed to have Cameron Grimes accidentally cause Drake Maverick the match in that situation? I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So, Drake Maverick celebrates. Cameron Grimes is happy for him and says, hey, you need to get out of here. So, Drake was like, you're right. I need to go. I only schoolboyed him. I didn't beat him. I schoolboyed him. He goes to run out of out the ring the other way. Clothesline, gives his fucking head clotheslined off. Drake Ma- or sorry, uh, Drake getting pummeled by LA Knight. Cameron Grimes looks looks like he has a choice to make. He gets in the ring and stops uh, LA Knight. LA Knight says, "You know what? I'm not done stomping him out. In fact, you know what? I am done stomping him out because you're going to stomp him out, right?" Mm-hmm. So he ends up picking up uh, LA. LA ends up picking up Maverick, holding him, and then um, the crowd's like, "No, don't do it. No, don't do it." He, he's, so he's like he's like you're a man slave. of your word. You lost his bet. You're a slave, and, more or the less. And slave. then Grimes end up Grimes ends up punching him out, punching out Maverick, and they go back up the aisle. As they go back up the aisle, Grimes is like a literally walks up to Drake. Is like I'm sorry, man. I had to. So it's like that stunk because <laughs> it's like okay, the only you got over nobody. Like everybody likes Grimes. You made him do the wrong. You made him. You made him. Succumb to a slaveholder. Yep. You the slaveholder gets embarrassed and loses. The person that gets the upset immediately gets his ass would let you know that it what that it didn't matter. It was all fake. Even though we all know it's fake, fake, it's fake. But it's like one of those Corbin uh, Gable losses. It is like nobody got over in the segment. A, a triad of of <laughs> getting some people under all of this, all of this for and, and that was a two minute and nineteen second match, Rich. Who knew you could get people under that, that quickly? That, that quickly, yeah. So here's the good stuff. Open the match. Uh, Bobby Diamond Mind, Tyler Rust, and Roger Strong versus Bobby Fish and Kushida. This is the open the match. This is a playoff of last week. Uh, with Diamond Mind debut, they beat up Kushida, um, and then they went and beat up Bobby Fish last week. Kushida made the save for Bobby Fish. So it's Bobby Fish and Kushida versus Do- versus Roderick and, and and Tyler Rust in really good match. It's Pretty much like an undisputed rat, undisputed versus undisputed, damn near, right? <laughs> so, um, at the end of it, Kashida ends up getting the W over Tyler Rust. Um, 
and like that'll continue. So it's back. That's Diamond Rust or Diamond Mind's first loss. But you know, obviously, the person they're protecting is um, strong, Roderick. So t- Rust is gonna eat eat some L's. Um, they did it. it two, the two storyline things they had in the show was um, they are building. Um, I just blanked Legato on what I was going to say. Legato and Hit Row. Yes. Uh, actually, three things in. Um, so l- let's get, let's do that. Legato and um, in Hit Row, they came out. Remember, it was supposed to be a, a Mariachi thing or whatever else. So Legato gets in the ring. Uh, Santos looks at the Mariachi and said, you know what? You guys don't, this, this crowd, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. We're not going to do that. I changed my mind. This crowd, this crowd doesn't deserve our culture or whatever else. So they leave. So they, so they get some Mariachi, the two Mariachis out the ring, which is like, I I never heard of a a two man Mariachi band in my life, but whatever. Um, It's supposed to be like four or five. Right. Right. So budget was tight. So, so (laughs) they decide to leave, but as they leave, one of them leaves a guitar in the ring. And I was like, angle alert <laughs> angle alert <laughs> so uh he runs he, he runs down uh then after he says you guys deserve this he's like we're, we're not just gonna do snap our fingers and, enter, and try to entertain you and vomit out the mouth like hit row so hit row comes down they start stranger words back and forth they start fighting um top dollar top dollar uh ends up fighting i think mendoza uh Adonis ends up fighting Wild. They end up out the ring. Then it's Swerve and it's uh, Santos. I won't keep wanting to call him Phantasma. Santos, they, they're fighting. Um, and then Santos gets the upper hand after one of the one of the uh, guys from Legato gets back in the ring. Um, I think it's uh, I think it was Wild. And then Phantasma gets uh, the guitar, and he's he's thinking he's it's like Kevin Owens, like the Kevin Owens processing where he's like. Huh, he's on a table. I'm by I'm by the top rope. Table. Top rope. Light bulb is one of those. There's a guitar. He's down. Guitar, light bulb. And I, I like that. Where it's like, I'm I'm trying to tell you stupid idiots what I'm about to do. So, uh, because I'm tired and I'm pr- processing, I'm desperate. So he goes and gets the guitar. He goes to wind it up. As he winds it up, Brianna Brandy snatches the guitar from them, swerve, lays him out. Um, then he, then Brandy presents the guitar to Swerve. Swerve looks at it, looks at him and smiles. It was like, boy, you, <laughs> I won't say evil, but it made me think of like, uh, the, the, um, Lucha Underground stuff. So, uh, Wild gets in and, and breaks it up and, uh, Santos is about to ring. They end up laying out the, everybody else. So it's just now it's everybody in hit row, uh, in there with Wild and Santos is out there on the floor, like, what are you about to do? What do you think about to do? I'm finna bust this man's back up. <laughs> bro, I bro. saw that gift. Yes, bro, bro, swerve like, man. bro. He, he, like, he went. He, he took the spirit of Jeff Jarrett out on that man's he, back. He bossed his look insider. He bossed his fuck ass. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Not bash, boss. Boss. Yes. Yeah, I feel like there was like oh, this loud man. scream before he actually made contact too. So it was like, oh man, he he knocked the shit out of this man. So like 
Swerve has like two gifts within like the last like eight months <laughs> where it's like, oh shit, like when Leon Ruff was hanging out the rope and then yes. he just flies by with the foot. Yes. Then this, like, God damn. The, the best part about this Swerve and Leon Ruff one was the fact that like Swerve didn't have his footing after that kick, so he damn near fell himself and he had to get two hands on the ground to keep him falling. Like, that shit, that shit made it better. It's like, I fucking hate you. Bow. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, also, another good thing that he did, they, um... That man playing G-flat on that man's back. <laughs> uh, so, they interviewed... Or they didn't interview, I'm sorry. They, um, they hyped up next week's match between uh, Thatcher and Ciampa versus uh, Dunn and uh, Lorcan, which is going to be... Actually, it's tonight, so that I'm sure that match is going to be awesome. Can't wait to watch that. Um, and then, throughout the show... Uh, Samoa Joe was looking for Karrion Cross after Karrion Cross choked him out last week on the show. Uh, so um, Regal was looking for peace at the beginning of the show, halfway through the show, and then they kept coming back like every like half hour or so of Samoa Joe backstage waiting for the waiting for for Cross to show up so that he can run it. Um, they even did the you know he he shows up he pulls up the parking lot and the Dodge Challenger all the time. So he's they see the Dodge Challenger he comes out he goes to pull the person out of the car. It's a geek. Uh, and this is this this is the main event angle. So after that Raquel match, he comes out, he pulls the guy out the car, and uh, actually that's 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 set up the main event angle. So then at the end of the show, uh, Joe comes out and is like, "I've been here all, I've been here waiting." He didn't say this, but like I've waited a week and two hours. I (laughs) actually you know a whole week worth of hours. Like where is Cross? Come out here, stop hiding. I know you here. I saw your vehicle. Where you, where you at? Stop hiding! I'm in my, I'm in my drop top right, my clock on right. So anyway, um, all of a sudden, Cross yeah, comes up. Look on, it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, a mixtape, mixtape cut. So, uh, Cross comes on the screen. He says, "Look, man, this is my NXT. These are my rules. I do what I want. I can do anything, anything, because I have this title. I can do anything I want to anyone." And he pans down, and it shows. Um, Regal on the ground, shows Regal on the ground, knocked out that parking lot boy. Um, look, he dragged him to the parking lot to do it. He could have, he could have this anywhere. So, and, and to the lure. (laughs) So, (laughs) the the, the developmental parking lot lure. I I need, I need to see like a mockumentary about the NXT parking lot. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Bro, like, I think if you have like Malcolm Bivens host that shit. And be like, you know, throughout the years, you know, in the NAC parking lot, like there have been these attacks. And then, like, you just start showing, showing Kenta walking through. And then, fucking. Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Who done like, it? Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah. All the Who Done It. Nikki Cross, like, yes. sitting on top I of the thing. I know. I yes. know. Yes. And the like, remember, remember when they were interviewing EO and Kyrie to ask if they had done it? <laughs> the two biggest baby faces in the company. Did they put it? They lay out. They, they, those two. Hey, <laughs> hey, like they say on TikTok, got to see it through, my boy. Got, got yes. to see it through. Got, got to check all, uh, you know, all people. Oh, man. So. Like, that shit don't need to be no longer than five minutes. Like, bro, the, the, they've, the, done the so many, you, they've done so many. You can do like a 15 minute doc. You actually, bro, they could do a legit 21 minute documentary if they wanted to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send a text off. Yes, it, I was about it, to ask it, you. It, it, send it, it off. Have like, have Mike, Malcolm Bivens or somebody do this at like at least as a YouTube clip or whatever. Not a YouTube right. clip, but at least as like a Twitter video, or whatever. It's the same thing. Like just a investigative journalist 
uh, type know. of stuff. Expose of the dangerous uh, PC parking lots. Yes, and, and you have, you try to get as many people to talk on that shit, like, dead serious about it. Be like, yeah, man, that, that parking lot, like, I try to stay out of there. I try to get, you know, I try to park and then, you know, get right in the building. Remember when Ciampa whooped the ass of every Undisputed member until he until he could get a hold of uh, of Adam Cole, and then he said, "I'm look, by the end of the night, I'm going to powerbomb your ass through it, through this table, and I'm going to sign this, get his contract signed. And I was actually at that show. That was actually the... Mm-hmm. um. The 2020 Dusty Cup final that uh, that Riddle and um, Dunn won. I was at that show. He literally did that shit. And, that, and then that man like started bleeding on the back of his head when he was bro- scrapping with uh, Cole. And the whole crowd, I didn't chant this, but the crowd yelled, Sign, use the blood, use the blood. His bald head was ble- bleeding. <laughs> Chopper touched his head. It was like, fuck it. Sign that shit in blood. But, um, yeah. Get it back in blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... After that happens, they show they pan down to Regal. Uh, Joe gets out the ring, runs out. As he's running out, uh, Cross is running away. Uh, Cross then gets in the car right as uh, Joe gets out there and almost chases down the car. Um, and then he turns back to Regal and goes to black. So, um, oh yeah, also I forgot. Also, the best match on the show. My bad. Uh, Colorado versus Austin Theory. Um, like Austin Theory was running, his, bumping his gums about uh, that terrible promo that uh, that O'Reilly uh, cut last week, where he looked like an uninspiring babyface. It was like this dude's a sucker. And uh, keep in mind, over the, over the months, like Austin Theory has gotten him as run checks his ass can't cash. That's why he always. That's why he's on such a loser. He always loses. So uh, O'Reilly was like, "It's funny stuff you said uh, that you said on Twitter or whatever else. I'll see you in the ring." And then Johnny was like, man, you get yourself in trouble all the time. I ain't got nothing for you. You're on your own. So they had a match. It was really it was really good. Uh, it was like three and a half stars or maybe even three and three quarters. Probably three and a half. But um, it was really cool. Did add, really added like a bunch of really cool stuff. Like theory is getting better. Um, and he's always been someone that had good matches with people that are great. So, um, you know, it's just, but the same situation as always. Theory has the same has the same baggage as everybody else does uh, with the Me Too stuff. So or speaking out. So um, yeah, uh, O'Reilly ended up winning. Uh, he powered up at the end. He went nuts on him, and then he ended up slapping the submission, made him tap out. Um, but it was a really good match. But that's that's pretty much just the NXT. Forgot to mention the Pain Maker will be back next week. That's that's what I forgot about the Pain like just yes. had the jacket laying around just Bro. in case he, when he had his when he had his back turned i saw the hat i was like this is the fucking pain maker isn't it and then he turned around i was like and then he had that fucking face paint on on his around his eyes i was like god damn it you fucking allison chains ass bitch yo <laughs> Jericho can do what he want, bro. He's so over right now. So over. No, but I'm, I'm not laughing at him because it sucks. I'm laughing at him because it's, he looks fucking it's ridiculous. Fucking he's hilarious. He's, you're too old to be doing Like, he's not too old to be doing this, obviously, but like, <laughs> he's such a fucking ham. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, Deathmatch Jericho at this age is the best Jericho. So. Hey. I ain't got no problem hey, with it. Then you Jericho know, and uh, Big Edge gonna come see about it. Then Jericho win uh broke uh Ishii's streak for best brawler. No, wasn't he? Wasn't he up did. there? Didn't he almost steal it like a couple years ago, like 2018 or 19? I had to look it up. Okay, yeah, but you I mean he 
you look at these 2018s to now, like his best matches are these death matches. Chris Jericho also a death match wrestler? No, Jericho now. Gotcha. Pete Jericho, nah. I'm about to say. Nah, Jer- look. It's WWE. Like, it's a brawling territory. People, you can pretend otherwise, but like, what do you what, what do you think Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin was doing? He was brawling in the crowd. Death match promotion? <laughs> Bruh, okay. TLC, Money in the Bank, uh, Hell in a Cell. I mean, every other month is a fucking specialty pay-per-view based on some gimmick. Ladder it kind of is. A, yes. Tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs. Yo, who knew WWE Deathmatch promotion? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. But I guess uh, there's only one thing left of you, James. What's that? Hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so, um, matches to talk about, uh, okay, so, first off, Stardom's, uh, gotten himself in the situation with them being able to upload shows, uh, in different order than chronological, because they had one of those, you know, we talk about, I've talked to you about this before, Rich, where it's like, they're, they're doing, like, three shows in four days. I don't know about that third show. It's going to be, like, one of those NBA teams that's on that. I heard kick. They, they, it's rough. No li- mm-hmm. no lift. No lift. So, mm-hmm. so no snap. Um, they had in a, they had six shows in nine days. They did Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, um, over the last nine days. So a lot of shows didn't get up yet. Um, but they did put like one big match. They, they didn't put up yet, but they did put up, uh, um, the white belt title match between Tam and starlight kid. Um, that match was great. I, I liked it more than the Kamatani, uh, match at last pay-per-view. Um, it was more, it was better worked. It had more thought put into it. I think it also helped that like Saya Kamatani didn't have, or that Starlight Kid didn't have fucked up ribs. So, um, but either way it had an interference. I think quite frankly, this is the best Oedo Tai, uh, interference match since Kagetsu retired. Um, I gave this match four flat stars. Um, if this match did not have interference, I, it, and it was just like the, or a second batch of inter- interference, I might've gone four and a quarter. Like it, it, it was great storytelling. Um, matches based around um, matches based around Starlight Kid hurting Tam's uh, back and ribs, and then um, with some subterfuge from because Cosmic Angels Oedo Tai are down on the floor. Um, early in the match, Starlight Kid says something to Saki while uh, the the other members of Oedo Tai and Cosmic Angel are scrapping out on the floor. The ref is just distracted. Saki ends up untying the uh, corner ba- corner pad and snatches it down. The ref sees it in the last second and literally runs to try to stop it. Saki sees it, snatches that fucker down, um, and then 
they proceed to uh, throw Tam into the uh, into the uh, uh, unexposed turnbuckle twice. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff where like over the over the, like last year or so, Starlight Kid in lower matches would when would beat like the younger girls with a a, a Texas clover leaf. So working on that back, fighting to get the Texas Texas clover leaf. Tim recognizes it, scrambles to the ropes. Um, Starlight Kid gets, uh, you know, works over that back so much to where she ends up going up to the top rope, goes for him, the top rope moonsault. Tam gets the knees up at the last second. Tam fights back, gets the advantage. Um, then ends up, after a while of, just, of going through the match, gets Tam, hit, runs her into the, the post again, or the uh, corner exposed again. She's done for. Flips her on her stomach to where her back is exposed. Goes to the top rope and hits a, a top rope moonsault onto the bad back. Tam kicks it like 2.9. Um, also, given that they wrestled uh, at the, I think, the February Corican Hall in, um, I think, January or February, can't remember. And, start, and Tam got Starlight Kid out of there with just one Tiger suplex. Um, Tam hits one. Um doesn't work out, so she goes for the to- her super one, the, the Twilight Dream. Uh, they they're scrambling to try to avoid, desperate not to get pinned with that. Um, and they're going back and forth. There's a brawl at the end with 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 uh with with forearms and everything. There's a James Boy spot where they crash each other with with double double forearms. And then uh, this this is the finish. I wrote it down. James has the biggest smirk as he's pulling this up right now. Yeah. So, okay. So, Tam has the match dead to rights, dead to rights. So, Kid whips Tam into the exposed ter- corner again. Kid charges from the opposite corner. Tam drop toe holds uh, Kid into the exposed turnbuckle. Tam fires up and gets Kid up for the Twilight Dream. Rauka gets up on the apron with her weapon and distracts the ref. Tam throws Kid to the mat um, after getting her up uh, to stop the ref from distracting, or stri- try to stop Roka from distracting the ref. Saki slides the chair to Kid. The camera pans and zooms tight on Kid because she's never cheated to win before. This is the moment of truth. By the time Kid gets to her feet with that chair, Tam comes flying in with, uh, with into the shot with a super kick. St- Kid staggers. Tam goes for another head kick. Kid ducks and goes to run Tam into uh Raoko that's still on the apron with her weapon cocked. Tam ducks out the way. Uh, Tam and uh, Roka ends up hitting Kid with her weapon. The ref sees it and is like, after all the bullshit 08 on ties pulling this match, I'm letting it slide. So, uh, Tam then kicks uh, Roka's head off and knocks her off the apron. And then bicycle kicks, uh, bicycle knees uh, Kid, gets her up and then hits her with the Twilight Dream and drops her and pins her. I like the match. Like you did Damn, all that. Kids. You did all the cheating. You did all. Well, she's nineteen. Well, they're beating up children. She's nineteen. Hey, and what? Look, when Julie was out here beating her up and taking off the mask, you ain't you weren't saying that. Now, 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 now it's an issue, huh? Now it's an issue. Anyway, supposed to be better than this. She's the one that asked for the match. It, it's not like Tam called her out. Tam would have called out Mayu. Um. Anyway, so. This was a. Uh, I really enjoyed this match from a storytelling perspective. Like this was like the most Kyrie match I think I've seen in Stardom. 
uh, since I started watching, which is like just filled with story and selling and fighting back and and in a way that's like if a Western fan that saw this or a, like or this would have fit perfectly into like a WWE AEW show as far as a, a title match. Like it went twenty two minutes. It had all the first. It might. It, it's not the same stuff because like obviously there's not as many kicks and, and suplexes or whatever, but. It reminded me a lot of like Jer- the Jericho fighting, or sorry, uh, Moxley fighting the dark, the inner circle to get to Jericho. Whereas like mm-hmm. somebody's constantly cheating, and then eventually the babyface overcomes and turns the tables through guile and smarts and, and outsmarts people and, and ends up you know winning at the end. Like I really enjoyed this match. I ended up giving four flat. If it had if it had one less round of interference and had a, cl- a cleaner finish, I would have given I went four and a quarter on it. I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, this is Starlight Kid and Tam's best match. With each other. Um, so, uh, trying to think what else. Marvelous tag. One more thing. On the undercard of this, uh, of this, this is the, the July 21st show. There is a two out of three falls match between, um, Julia, Shuri, and Micah versus, um, Utami, Momo, and Tall Saya. And it's good. It's good. I ended up going, um, I didn't give it four. I gave it going, uh, three and three and three quarters because, like, it's a two out of three falls match with, like, 15 minutes. But, but it was fun. And, like, most of it was, like, Shuri and, in the first two falls is mostly Shuri and Utami. And it's like, God damn. They're, like, they're a food of the year contender. Like, as many times they've wrestled each other, that match, they're going to have that Grand Prix match. They're going to have a, they're going to have to have another match for the end of the year. Like that's going to be a match of year contender by the end of the year. Debt guaranteed. Like this, they're, they're just excellent together. And they've been, they've been wrestling each other for months. It's just been, it's just been a blast to watch them and all different types of, uh, matchups just kill each other. They're, they're, they're awesome together. They really are. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, all I have on stardom. So, uh, right now. Oh, uh, one other thing. Um, they did a future of stardom, rematch unagi beat mina that match was not good like the match on pay-per-view was so much better like this match we i I never got to talk about that pay-per-view match but i really like that match um i know unagi gets gets kind of picked on or whatever but i like her so um i like her too i just think that she's behind everybody uh, a lot of the women or almost all the women that have experience yeah yeah and you know I, i like the match yeah it was a good match. I think I gave it. I can't think I gave it three and a half. I think I gave it three and three quarters. Okay, so we're about the same place. Um, yeah. So um, with that, uh, we will uh, tr- transfer to talk about the grant, the preview to Grand Prix. But first, uh, because uh, Stardom had a few people participate in Marvelous's fifth year anniversary show, I decided to watch uh, the last three matches of the show. The first match. Uh, the first of the three was um, Mayu Itani versus Rin Katakura. Rin, um, as some of y'all are more familiar with uh, from being in the AEW uh, Japanese side of the Women's Eliminate, Eliminator Tournament, um, she was in there with Mayu. Mayu is uh, her her reason why she got into the wrestling business. Uh, she inspired her idol, whatever you want, or idolized her, whatever else. And um, since 2000, since last year, Marvelous has had... Um, Rin, Takumi Roja, and Meiho Shizuki come in and do some stuff on Stardom shows. Like, Rin's last time in Stardom was the April pay-per-view um, where they ended up losing Kid. Uh, where they Wasn't you know, she in the big battle royal, too? Yes, she was. 
So it wasn't me. Okay. So, um, yeah, man. So that match, that match is like a undercard Mayu uh, Grand Prix match. Like with seven minutes, three and a half stars. <laughs> like, God, like you watch her and she's like, she makes this shit look so easy. And then like you look at like, yeah, three and a half stars. You're like, oh, with seven minutes. God damn, you're good. Like, like she could wrestle li- almost literally anybody. She could, she could like. Yoshihiko the doll from DDT. Mm-hmm. She can wrestle the doll to three and a half stars in seven minutes. Like she's that fucking good. Um, Rin was Rin was was there. It was very. That sounded like I'm being disrespectful. Yeah, Rin is good. There. Rin is good. Mayu's on a whole nother level. Um, she beat her quickly. It was almost like a um less fast, but it's almost like the Hazuki. Not uh, I'm sorry, the Mayu in like Hazumi match from like 2019 in the Grand Prix, where it's like I'm gonna give you some things. And then I'm going to beat you. And it's not going to be a competitive match, but it's not meant to be a competitive match. Uh, so that was fun. And then they hugged each other and they walked off. So the match that Rich actually did see that I actually recommended to him. Um, Starlight Kid in Mio Momono. So Mio Momono this year is one of the best, like, Joshi wrestlers this year outside of stardom. Um, she she basically, basically like, Put her in all the big stuff that Takumi couldn't do while she was out with the torn ACL, and she is floored. Smart move. Yeah. Um. So Starlight Kid and Mio Momono versus Azumi and other Azumi Mei Hoshizuki. Uh, they have talked about being a tag team. Um, for and I think they're going to be in a tag later. I think they're actually not going to do Momo and Azumi this year. I think they're going to do put Mei in there, and I think it's going to be great because they've already had a tag match. Uh, early this year, they had Starlight Kid versus uh, uh, Giant Sai, and that match was awesome. I, I may have gone four stars on that, like, but so it's so it's those four, and it's just it's basically a high speed tag team wrestling match, um, which I've never seen before, and it was fucking fantastic. Rich, the floor is yours. Yeah, man, this uh this felt like an exhibition all star game. Um, very fast crisp work some of it you know you look at him like oh it, it looks a little coordinated but like that doesn't bother me right um in and out of like different submissions and roles and uh, stuff like that i was shocked to see a zoomy get pinned here i i didn't think uh they would let uh i didn't think ross would you know let one of those uh one of his foes get pinned or if they were going to get pinned you know it would be starlight doing it but maybe you save the azumi and starlights for your stuff um I was very impressed by uh, the other two, uh, Mio and um, May. May, yeah, they fit like right in, and uh, the the Starlight Kid Azumi uh, rivalry, like we already know what that is as far as like the level of work you can expect, and those two fit right in there pretty much seamlessly. Like we were p- popping like somebody, like a good three point shooter on the Spurs or something. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You just slot in right here. Like that's kind of like what it felt like. I was wondering when the winners could fight the bucks because I thought that might be interesting <laughs> uh, when I was watching it. But yeah, I liked it. I think I, I went four stars on it. Yeah. I went for a flat as well. Um, and like that's 11 minute match. They packed so much shit in this match, and it was like literally like watching, you know, two sets of of Azumi and Starlight Kid. Like I've seen May, um, from all the stuff that they've done in um in their excursions into stardom, and I've loved her. And like 
she's not exactly like as advanced as Starlight Kid and Azumi. Like she throws a lot of drop kicks uh, like a young girl does, but like she's just so fast and so smooth, just like Azumi and Kid are. And like there, and then Mio, like I, I haven't seen that much of Mio because uh, I'm not not in the Stardom excursion, but. Um, the stuff I have seen of her, I've been impressed. Like she was in the uh, the the main event of the Hannah tribute uh, show, um, mm-hmm. which is you know that match is incredible. I gave him going four and a, four and a quarter in that match, and she's all over the place in that match as well. Like it, I mean, she she's she's, she's fucking good. She's fucking good. Um, I mean, all four of them, I guess you could say the same thing, but it's just like there is just a there is just a level of like high speed wrestler that's under 25 and like 411 in Japan is just like uh, whether it's you know whether it's like been someone who's been around since like uh 2013 like Azumi or someone has only been around like May since 2018 like late 2018 like whatever they're doing to train these women is a whole another fucking level than whatever we're doing on our side yeah. and I don't and w- there's no reason why we can't wrestle like that why we can't have our women wrestle like that or our our men even wrestle like that they're they're that fucking good it's like there are a lot of men that they fucking smoke smoke like they just roll it's like they're rolling around like it's like they're not even it's like it's not even like they're doing crazy shit like doing a bunch of flips and dives or whatever else they're just solid technical wrestlers and but it's like lightning quick yes like like they're in and out of moves rolling around the ring and like just running back and forth like their footwork is great um and like they whatever sometimes they sacrifice the striking yes. a little bit but i mean the trades the trades are made in that style so yeah and I mean like even in like high speed singles matches it was a tag match that made it go so lightning fast like it would have slowed down to get the striking in it had it been a singles match for, for a high speed title or whatever else but like that wasn't the point so it was it was just fantastic and you know I I look uh, I forgot what I was looking at. Um, the, oh okay, I know what it was. Last weekend, um, last weekend set of shows. Uh, they did a little a little it pre match intro thing for Tam because it was her fifth anniversary. Uh, I think it was the sun, last Sunday show. Um, the eighteenth was her fifth year anniversary. And I'm thinking to myself like, look at the, I look at the people in the PC that have been around since, since 2016. I'm just like. Is there anybody that's only been re- that's been wrestling for five years in WWE that started in WWE that like can lace her fucking boots? I don't think so. I had to look. And then and then and then you look at like Meiho Suzuki, who's been wrestling since like November 2018 was her debut. You you saw that? Who the fuck is that good? It's in WWE that's that started wrestling in 2018. Let alone late 2018. Let alone yeah. ba- like basically the beginning of 2019. Yeah, it's definitely not Raquel Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> sorry, Raquel, but oh uh, man, just just yeah, a man, different let's, breed. Let's, it seems like, but and, uh, and the, ma- the main event on that show is that the oh, Takumi return yeah. match. The main event is Takumi's return match. Uh, she tore her. I ace- would watch that. <laughs> Huh? I said, like, had I known that, I would have watched that. <laughs> and the match wasn't actually that good. Oh wow! Um, yeah, okay. like I, I'll get to it in a second, but um, the video package is they show Takumi which the, the spot where she actually tore ACL. I never saw the spot. Um, she's basically like powering somebody over her head. They like give like almost like a an attempt to get out of a um 
a power bomb behind her back into like a, a almost like a, a, a like a sunset flip pin or a, or a code red or whatever else, and just her her right knee just and the one even like devastatingly like a, a disgusting looking angle, but it just went in and you just like oh, you know what it is once you see that knee bend in, um, and like they you know, show unless you're Giannis, you know, well I mean he got lucky his knee went back backward like a flamingo instead of to the side, um, so. They show the the the, uh, the road back to rehab. I actually saw that video that they showed because they put it on Twitter uh, before the uh, anniversary show. So uh, it was basically showing her, you know, like the video that that she was posting. Um, some of the videos she's posted along the time on the road to recovery were like they're showing her she could barely walk. They're showing how she was like stuck in the hospital for a while, um, and like the only person that could see her was Chagusa um, Nagayo, and like just showed her like you know after the surgery like getting back and like how you know at certain points like it was hard for her to even like walk a couple steps without a crutch to then like showing her like starting to you know walk they're showing her like rolling they're showing her like doing like kick work and how much it, it hurt her kick her leg keep in mind like she she's a right-footed kicker so like it was her right knee so like to be able to kick in theory like you need a stable left leg that's your plant leg like normally, uh-huh. like because like if you have a torn ACL, like you ever watch some UFC fights, people get like fucked up knees, and all of a sudden, yeah. like they kick with that bad leg because they can use it as a whip. They don't need to stabilize. So, um, but she was having struggles with that um, to like all of a sudden building back to where she's back in like eight months. She's back eight months, and like she's she's back and she's wrestling Habiki. Habiki is someone that I've you know um, out of that like, class of young girls and marvelous from like 2018, like. The three that I know are Maria, um, Makito Shindo, and uh, May. But I do not. I've never seen Habiki. She's one of them. And like, I would see. I saw. You know, you see people's timelines. You see pictures of her, and you like, and you see the transformation over like the, the two years or whatever. And you're just like, oh, she's basically turned into like this monster heel that like is annoying as fuck. All right. Mm. So like the match is happening and like she's bullshitting around and uh, remember remember um Andres Miyagi, yes. So after she left Stardom, she's bounced around and she's been in like act act rest girls and apparently like there is some angle multi promotional angle I don't, I don't know if it's in Oz Academy or if it's in um Sendai Girls as well but like there's a stable of men and women from different um indie promotions in quotation marks where like they're basically like we're all black and they're heels and they cheat and they're just bastards it's not ozaki goon don't know i know you're i know you're amazing like light bulbs like you know it's not ozaki goon it's like say, is, it, is it bullet club like, it's like it's not it's like but they're almost like goths uh but almost like goths i, I can't really put my finger on it because obviously i'm not japanese i don't know the cultural significance of whatever they're doing but like they're all wearing black they all have like pale they're all like pale faced almost and like, and Habiki's in that, and like she's in there, and Miyagi's out here helping her cheat, helping uh, t- uh helping Habiki cheat against Takumi, and like it's a lot of just body part match, work on the bad right neck for for like ten minutes or like ten minutes, and then like eventually Takumi like comes back, and like I'm just there to watch, like see because I just want to see like where is she, and then like. She starts running off them kicks. She starts hitting the ropes. She hits a fucking swan time. I'm like, holy shit. She is like Takumi again. 
Um, so that's that's really all I wanted out the match. Like I want I want evidence to see where she. I want enough to see where she kind of is physically. So mm-hmm. she's moving. She looks like herself. Uh, so I'm you know I'm happy that she's going to be in the Grand Prix, and I guess that's now the transition Speaking to get to the Grand that. Prix. Yeah, we've yeah. got the red block and the blue block. I, I don't know how we should do this, James. Should we do over and under on the amounts of points uh, for, for for each person here? Over or under? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it quickly, though. Let's do it quickly. Okay. Uh, so, Death Yamasan. Uh, oh, this is a red block, by the way. Yeah, this is a red block. Oh, well, we'll, before we get to that, looking at the makeup of, of each block, what block is the A block and what block is the B block? The A block is the blue block. Yeah, um, and I don't think it's because of uh, the st- the stylistic choices, but I just like the firepower on that block is so much is is just heavy artillery. Like um, going through this, it's like they have like one or two more people. Yeah, in the basically, blue block. like like the boo block is Azumi, Konami, Micah, Roka, who's you know the. She, I don't think, like, if not for her injury, I don't think she's in this. I don't, I don't know. Actually, she was going to be in it, but like, I, in a normal circumstance, like, if B, if B hadn't left, she wouldn't be in this. Like, they just wanted to get to twenty. Like, if this was like last year, two years ago, she wouldn't even be in this tournament. But whatever. Um, Shuri, Talsaya, Takumi, Tam, Unagi, and 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 Utami. Like, that's. <laughs> Fucking killer block. Killer block. <laughs> killer block. Um, and then the and then the red block is Def or Fukigen Def Def. We could just call her Def. Um, Julia Hameka, who looking at the uh the scheduling, um, Takumi and Hameka basically don't start this tournament until the end of the month. Um, Takumi is, I'm assuming that's because of like, you know, make sure everything's right before I, you know, hop into this, <laughs> this fucking gauntlet of matches. And then, um, Hameka has been out, was out for two months with, uh, with a back issue. Like she only, she only wrestled that, that one match in the Grand Prix or not Grand Prix, the Cinderella tournament, um, to put over, um, tall Saya. So she's been going for two months. So, you know, this is about the time she was expected back. So they're giving her more time to recuperate fully. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Uh, Nasapoy. Um, who's been going for a month? Uh, Starlight Kid, Kaguma, Mayu, Mina, Momo, and Saki. So, like, you know, I, I just, I think that, like, if you look at the the personality and character of both blocks, I think the a the a block is the red block. But if you go off just like the sheer overwhelming star or the sheer overwhelming like power of work rate in in match quality, you got to say that the a block is uh, the blue stars. Yeah, uh, th- this should be a great tournament. Um, yeah, really excited to see Takumi. T- but let's go back to the yeah um, over unders. The over unders. So um, they have how many matches they wrestle? They wrestle nine matches. Yeah, just like G one this year. Okay. Yeah, they got so, 10, 10 people each spot. Death. What's our over under? <sighs> I'm gonna say the over under is three points. Three points. All right, um, Julia. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking 13. I'm with you. Um, I think I'll take the over on that. Um, I probably would too, right at 14. Yep. Um, Himeka. She won the block. She won her block last year. They had Julie and Mayu in it. Um, 
was no Momo was not in that block. Um, I think she doesn't make the final again, so I'm going to say I'm going to say eleven. I was going to say nine, but um, so I'll take the under on that. Um, okay, Starlight Kid. Okay, so is it is it time to elevate? I saw. Okay, so they originally had a schedule out. And then they moved one of the matches to a later date as if, like, there's going to be booking implications for two people. And it involved uh, Kid and Momo. So I'm thinking they're I think I'm thinking they're going to not be eliminated until like, well, to be quite frankly, like the last night is um, Kid versus Mayu. So, like, you know, that's going to have ramifications for one or both of them um, to get to win the block. So. I think I think that you have to I think you have to say that like at least at least twelve. I was gonna say eleven, but okay. Uh, so yeah, we're on the same page pretty much there. Um, Kaguma. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna Could say I'm gonna say like eight. I will go six. Okay. On that, um, Mayu Iwatani, the icon. <sighs> You gotta say thirteen, right? Yeah, I think her and Julia pretty much equal footing. Yeah. Uh, Mina thinking thinking like five or six. I was gonna go eight for Mina, but um, maybe like that's the, I think that's the ceiling. Late has the ceiling, but I think she's I, I'll, seven. I'll go. How about that? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, Watanabe. <sighs> um, her last the last night of the tournament, she is facing Julia. Hmm. Um, they hate they- Momo, so I'm gonna go nine. <laughs> I hate. Okay, I- I'm going to go. I'm going to go twelve. Okay, I'm going to go twelve. I have yet to see her in a Grand Prix where she was eliminated before the first night, before the last, the final night. So, uh, just based off that, she's going to have to be, in, I think she has to be in contention. That's Poi. She is somebody that I, she's somebody that I wish they would uh, go higher with, um, but I'm just going to stick, I'm going to stick at eight. Actually, no, I'll say nine. I'll say nine. I think she might break even. I'll go with uh, I'll I'll go with you on that nine, Saki Kushima. Oh, so, uh, I got six. I was gonna this. say five, but yeah, sure, okay. five six, yeah. five six. Yeah, she's doing jobs. She's doing jobs. Yep. Um, to the blue block, Azumi. This one stinks. Um, she's gonna have some killer matches. She might end up being like, she about to get beat like a drum. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with seven. Um. And like possibly take the under. That's why I was thinking like maybe I should go. I'm thinking six. I'm thinking six. Like she she is going to be like she's going to be like fourth or fifth in average star rating in this tournament, and she's going to end up winning six points, Jeez. like six or eight points. Konami. They want to push her to get a uh, a title shot. A title challenge against either Utami or Tam after this tournament. Um, she's going to draws with both of them for 15 minutes. 
um, in the last month or, or month and a half. Um, she kicked the shit out of a uh, Tam, um, had on the ropes. So just based off of that, they have to keep her strong. Like, you know, she's always, she's always the person that you want to keep strong in a tournament, um, like this. I'm going to go. It's such, such rough te- tre- uh, treading in this fucking, uh, block. Um, I'm going to say 10. I'll go nine. Okay. Um, Micah. You can't say less than you can't say less than eight. Um but I don't think you can say more than twelve. Uh I'll say I'm gonna say nine. I'm with you on that. I just feel like there's too many other people we have to account points yeah. for. Yeah. Um They had both champions in the same block. Right. Ruoka. Zero. No, I I do that. One. 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 Yeah. One. (laughs) One. One. And I'll take the under. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Shuri. I'm going to go 14. (sighs) Boy. Um, I'm going to say 14 because she might get two or three draws in his fist. (laughs) Like... like, bro, that's like, what we need to have over or under on how many draws in this fucking thing. But then, but specifically her because she's the queen of draws. Like they do not like beating her at all. But they also, but but like you know what I'm saying. So like she's she is the most protected person in this entire company. And they protect her with set of beating her, giving her draws. So and she's great at doing draws too. So I'll um yeah I'll I'll I'll, I'll go with fourteen. I'll How many 14. draws in the tournament, James? Last year there were. Uh, I, I I wrote this out and sent to you the other day, didn't I? I'm not sure. Hold on. But um, yeah. So far, like, it's a hell of a tournament right here. Make sure you get your merge. Get your merge. Okay, so last year's tournament um had 57 matches. Six of them went to draw or NASCO DQ. I think I think it was four draws, four flat out draws. Um, I'm taking more than that this year. Well, we I'll, I'll say, what did I put? I say so, so it'll probably be like seven or eight, seven or eight draws. Yeah, so right. seven and a half. Um, um. So up next we got Tall Saya. All right. So she got her title match. Um, she won the Cinderella tournament. That would seem to the the tip off. She's not winning this one. Oh yeah, she's not winning this. Um, I'm gonna say I, I would say nine. I was gonna go with eight. You think she'll do better in the tournament, Micah? Yes. Okay. I think they'll do about the same. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, think they're I think they're about the same. Maybe. Yeah, maybe about the same. I mean, uh, we're only one point off, so it's not that, yeah. that big of a deal. Takumi Roja, One Nation Radio's own. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Yeah. Uh, she was, we, we drafted her this year. Oh yeah, that's right. I thought you were the okay, I forgot. I forgot. I totally forgot. Sponsored athlete. You know, one is a real sponsored athlete. <laughs> yes. Put put a pyramid on. Put a pyramid on that gear. She has a rise gear too. Yeah, she has a rise gear. Like it was almost like candy red, uh, the gear. Like she she just she she's just so goddamn cool. I know Maya said that that one time, but like that's just the truth. She's fucking cool. She's she's cool. She comes out, 
dress dress like nothing I've ever seen before. Sometimes comes down to the ring playing her playing her own theme music with her on guitar. She's she, she she kicked the shit out of you like she's a bushy. She does swan tons. She'll strong style brawling this bitch like powerbomb your dumb ass. Yes, to death. She's she's just so fucking spectacular. Like she, goddamn, she's awesome. All right, um, I'm gonna go eleven. Okay, so the final night is her versus Shuri. Take my money now. <laughs> Take my money now. Yeah, so so also I th- One Nation Radio's own Shuri Condor. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm gonna say, what do we give Shuri? Fourteen. Yes. Or, I'm a. I'm gonna say 14 when she's gonna be involved in some draws. Like I think there's a top four in this uh, in this in this block. I think this is a clear top four. Um, two champions, Shuri and Takumi. I think it'll be they're gonna be the clear class of this block where they're gonna be. You know, I think there's two losses between each each of those four. So I think like I'm I'm just gonna call out 14 for for those four. To be honest All with right. you. All um, right. Tam. Um. I'm gonna go thirteen actually on that one. Now I'm thinking about it because like she has to she has to lose some people to then set up rematches. Yeah, so rematch like so lo- so so maybe like one more loss in it than than the rest of the pack. Like and still be still be like some mathematical equations to actually play in the last night, but she she'll be eliminated. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna go uh, twelve points for Tam. Like okay. I'll give her a six and three record. Um. I think that she's going to lose to Konami. I think that she will split with uh with between Shuri and uh U- Utami and I think she'll probably lose to to Takumi. Um so whatever that is. So was that uh so okay, so what what would that be? That'd be minus 2. I'm I'm bad at math right now. I just said I said that she was about to go what uh, how, many, how many times uh, did you say she loses? Three times? Two times and one draw. Okay, so in that case, that is thirteen. Yeah, so that's what you said, right? Thirteen. I said twelve, but okay, yeah. So, yeah, so over under, I'll sense. put over under thirteen. Um, Unagi. Ooh. Um. I say three, six, three or say, four. I was gonna say six. Okay, so I think she. I think she's gonna be well. I would say that she beat uh, Rocka, but like Rocka might beat her to set up a futures match. Mm. And if that's the case, then it's looking real grim for her, because she might get yeah. like one upset. You gotta find the wins. You like, gotta like you, you give her one upset. Like, could she beat a tall Saya? Yes, on some banana could, peel shit. Could she beat uh, Micah? No. Could she beat one of the champions? No. She ain't been to Kumi either. Could she beat Konami? No, she beat. She walked the dog out. She walked the dog with her uh, during that seven match trial series. It wasn't even. It wasn't even uh, competitive. So she's somewhere probably between two and three wins, struggling to find a third win. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would probably say three. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, last but not least, Big U. Utami. Gotta say 14. Yeah. She's 
one of the best champions going. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think she's going to basically probably lose a match or two. Uh, I, I'll probably say two. And maybe like a match and a draw even. And then like there's like, mathematical fuckery the that only, keeps her out of it. The only people that are going to beat her, the only people that have a chance of beating her are Tam, Shuri, Takumi, and Konami. I think she beats everybody else. Can't can't have Saya beat her because she beat her at uh, at Budokan Hall. So that's our already past that. Yeah. Um. So there's no point in even doing that for a rematch. Um. At least not not for the rest of not until next year at least. Um, hey man, I I I know the G1 doesn't have their um, bracket out right now, but um, gotta say man, this one thinking about what could be where, I'm kind of liking the Grand Prix right now. I'm not doing that with you. I'm not doing that with you. I'm not going there. You're on your own. I'm, I'm kind of liking it. You know, I I don't know. Like the, the think, clap crowds hit different for me. I <laughs> think. Okay. So this is how I see it. Right. Um, the blue block. I could agree with you. Correct. I, I'm primarily star- I'm staring at the blue block when I'm okay. saying okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. If, you're, if you're saying the blue block, then sure. Yeah. Fine. Um, cause there have been like, cause the better block in, um, in each of the two that I've seen, like last year's, last year's, um, last year's blue block that had Momo, Micah, Utami, Shuri, Azumi, um, and I'm maybe blaming somebody else. Like I gave, I, I had an average, higher average star rating than that B block from last year. Easily. Yeah. That, that B block was a, a an, ex- an exhibition. Yeah, like when you're what second or third best average star rating is Yoshihashi. Not not no disrespect to Yoshihashi. You know, you know who you actually know who Yoshihashi is in stardom. Unagi. Yep, absolutely. That's I make it my asshole, but I command respect. You will not you will not try to big bro me or big or big sis me. We will fight. I don't, and you may and you will whoop me, but you will not disrespect me. Hey. Shout out to Yoshihashi. You know, we, we need people that, that uh, claim their respect in this world. Right. So, yeah. Uh, well, I yeah, guess we, should be a great tournament. Yeah. So, I guess uh, last year we did top two uh, picks for each block for yeah. prediction. So, how do, how do we do? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. We did. We did great. Right. Like, you picked. Um, you had Utami one. Tam two for winners. I had Tam and Utami. Okay. So like my my second so you know my second prediction uh was one and your first prediction one. We did great. Yeah. Um as far as getting out of blocks, I I picked Hameka to win the or as my second pick to win the block. I forgot I think you had Kamatani as your second pick, uh and um Tam. Gotcha. Uh I had Tam in Hameka. And the blue block, we both had Utami number one. I forgot what our second picks were for the blue block. So we did, we did, we did good. We did great. It's almost well, like we do this. It's almost like we no, watch this. I was gonna say that, that's why, that's why you kind of went Asia Radio, you know. <laughs> you, you just figure it out. Always ahead. Yeah. You know? So, um, all right. So predictions for the red block. The the two. Who are your two predictions uh, to win the the red block? I'm going to take Mayu or Julia. Same here. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Julia. And I'll lean with, I'll lean with Mayu. Actually, wow. Um, it seems so obvious if they go with Julia. Um, that I'll just that Mayu won a damn thing in 2018. Um, they've never done a repeat. They've never done a two time winner. Um, fuck it. I'll go. I'll, it's gonna be one of them two. But I'll go with Mayu too. You, 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 you have convinced me. Um, there's also this thing where like so many of the winners, um, of, of, uh, the Grand Prix in previous years have been people that have like, were red or white belt champions and lost it. Like we're like the last reign from the, uh, were the successors of the, I'm sorry, the predecessors of the champions going in. So, um, Kyrie, look, look, they got Tam hidden in that other block. Like she could win this shit and say, yeah, I want the white belt. Right. That, that's that's and, my thinking. And you know that's what I want. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. That's that's the dream. Look, that's why they that's why they're keeping it away from you in the you know right. in the blocks. And keep in mind, I think what, uh I don't know about two thousand eighteen, but like two thousand nineteen and twenty, like Tam Tam and have more or less been like tied to the hip in the same block, which is kinda like the reason why like we have called uh, the blocks that Mayu and Tam were in the last two years, like they bought, because like that's just the the aesthetic of the of the um of the block. So, so yeah, they 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 kept them apart for a reason. They know what they're doing. Um, so B block. Hmm, a little bit tougher because we have two champions here. Um, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I, I well I know my two are, but what well, you go ahead. I'm gonna go with Shuri and Takumi, and I'm going with Shuri. That's exactly what I'm going with. Man, great Shiri minds. Takumi. Think alike. Shuri Takumi. Like, uh, the champions don't... Like, those are those are it. Like, it'd be cool if Micah um, made a deep run, but she made a deep run last year. Like, she was alive until the last... Um, she was alive until the final night where... Um, because of the postponements or whatever else and makeups for... Um, either there was a cancellation because of COVID or... No, yeah, it was canceled because of COVID. Um, Shuri had to wrestle twice um, in uh, two Grand Prix matches to get to, to try to get to the final uh, where she ended up fighting um, Micah. And that match was great um, and beat her. And then she ended up uh, fighting to a draw with Utami. Um, and then Utami ended up winning the block because of the tiebreaker. So, yeah, I think this is, uh, I think. I think it's Shuri, and then like Takumi, like they're gonna bring her in and like get make her have her make noise. Like I imagine she's gonna beat uh, Utami so that Utami can get a can get a match, um, yeah. a red belt match somewhere down the line, and that match is gonna go fucking off. Uh, <laughs> um, so so yeah, I, I'll, I'll, those are my two: uh, Shuri one, Takumi two. You want my bat and my bat shit crazy? Um, scenario is Azumi runs fucking wild, oh my and, and Azumi arrives. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, shit. Why not? Like, you know, we talked about a banana peel loss. Like, why can't Azumi? Uh, why can't Azumi beat Tam? Right. Like, I mean, like, I don't think you can have Azumi and Konami both beat Tam, but like, I think one or the other. Right. Man, Azumi and Takumi. Man, also One Nation Radio's own Azumi. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, winners. Got to pick one or two. Got to pick two of them. I'm picking Mayu Watani 
over Shuri in the final. Those are my two. Mayu and Mayu and Shuri. Like either one makes all the sense in the world. Like to get to, like there are two big matches on like the rest of the end of, to get to the end of the year. Whatever big show they do or whatever else, and like it's either Mayu and Tam for the white belt or Shuri Utami for the red belt. It's one of them two, and I think like one of them has to win to get to that. Like you could do Julia. Um, I I don't think that's as set narratively satisfying. She's been doing a lot of hanging out. Like if you saw what they did, um, to get like for the first like two through two or three minutes of their uh two out of three falls match, you'd be like, what the fuck is Julian Shuri doing? Uh, they're dressed, goofballs. Dressed like a cop. Well, they they had rainbow color afros on in Russell the first two minutes of the match. I, I saw that the rainbow color afros on Twitter, and I was like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? Right. I don't know the culture. But the thing is, I don't right. know the culture. They're just being goofballs. They're just being goofballs. Uh, like it, yeah. They're just being goofballs, and it was a setup. And um, after they got the shits, those shits knocked off their heads off a drop kick. Then they proceeded to ha- like fucking kill it and just to, to build up their uh, tag title defense against Utami in Tulsaia. That was, was uh, like, the twenty second. It's not up yet, but I want right. I want to see it. I was like, are they trying to fuck with Def Yamasan or something? Like, what's going <laughs> oh, on? Oh yeah, here? the clowns. No, but I want to find a picture of it so I can be like, you know, the 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 Meek Mill repo shit. You a clown ass nigga? Put a wig on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else? Nah, man. Um, you know, yeah. You, you wrap this up. All right, that's in the show. Thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise on whatever app you're using to uh, listen to the show with. Uh, also go to the Red Circle and drop a donation off. We work hard for y'all, so y'all send the work back to us. <laughs> quality show today. Yes, yes. Hot, hella quality. Um, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Suplex and pick up some official Soul Suplex podcast network merchandise and listen to the other shows on the network. Uh, you have Keeping It Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. You have Roman Washes Shit. You have the Great Consequences Podcast. I was about to say 8-Bit, but it came out the other way. Also, 8-Bit Suplex. You have All Things Elite, and you have Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hey, Let- one last thing. Rajon Rondo has two more rings than Chris Paul. <laughs> hey, who would you rather have your team, though? The one that'll win. <laughs> who would you rather have on your team? In the show. Later. In the show. Woo! <laughs>